0: And
1: I'm about to go Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm
2: JP.
3: And I'm Gareth. And
0: I'm Steph
1: joining us again stephanie chase i thought you're gonna say rick rude then because as, as i said in the uh, in the pre-show for our patrons you are the the rick rude of uh of aw coverage right now as we speak i think you've just finished recording with andrew thompson you've just been on talk sport and now here you are on uh, on grapple this evening it's uh it's been revolution week but really it's been stephanie chase week this last week
0: and I didn't know where you were going with that I thought you were going to say I was wicked because I'm sexy and I steal other men's women but no um, <laughs> I just no, appear on a lot of and things you don't take your
2: husband on the road <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I'm here um, fresh off my revolution, AW Revolution Week where I just made a lot of revolution based content some of which included uh, Benno me and Benno last night we pre-showed revolution we went head to head with the buy-in i think we did a really good job yeah
1: definitely yeah we yeah uh, we went through our our fantasy fantasy booking for uh for an aw versus a uh, new japan card uh that was a lot of fun there benno
0: ha- benno didn't have the balls to do it
1: oh, here we go again again <laughs> <grief> again
0: even <laughs> though we're on the show
1: i can't get i can't get away from it. look listen everyone i had a great idea tanahashi sting we can all agree it's a great idea yes i'm a yep. coward for not using it but I got it on the show mm-hmm. in the end, Steph. So it all worked out.
0: I just, I just don't know why. Because each person had to make up their own card, present their own card. Benno presents a card. Uh, it was a fine card, no problems. <laughs> but then later on, just like, oh, and- <laughs> later on, he's like, "Oh, later on, he's Oh Andrew, let me donate your match.' I didn't use Sting versus Tanahashi, and I'm just sitting there like, what the hell? hell is wrong with you that you wouldn't put that on your card i was brave i was brave i put john silver versus Tai Chi, which i still think is a dream match i had the i had the balls to do that but uh beto you know i do think Tanahashi's staying is a great match i would say you're a good booger, but you're not because you didn't have the bravery to do it tony cam would have done it he would pull the trigger um but yeah who did you put Tanahashi with then
3: Oh,
1: I can't remember now. I think I think it might have been Cody.
0: I think it's Cody.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I, I think was. think it's Cody. Here's the thing, Gareth. I was trying really hard to like treat it like a proper EWR <laughs> game or something, and I've like I wanted all my main event guys <laughs> taken care of, and no matter how how I sliced it, I I kept winding up with one guy with nothing to do on the AEW side. So yeah, I, I, Cody Tanahashi doesn't exactly like my World on Fire either. But yeah, in, in hindsight, this thing might but, be one.
0: I will say that I don't Mm -hmm. want to spoil it for anyone that didn't watch it, but I mean, SB3 is a genius booker. He came up with a great solution in the end. But Mm -hmm. sadly, we did not get um, Sting Tanahashi, which I am now declaring a dream match. Imagine the cinematic match they could have. Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking it's going to be kind of like in like a guitar hero world because Tanahashi is like, Tanahashi's a rock star. Remember when Tanahashi did the video where he's dressed up as Jericho? Mm. Okay, well, imagine like a rock and roll setting and it's like, oh, oh, you know the bar where moxley did his death rider video so it's like a japanese rock bar and you've got tanahashi and he's there with this like big guitar on the stage and then sting comes in and he's all grimy and it's raining outside it's like proper tokyo rain and they have a fight that starts in the bar they use snooker cues everything they go like on the bar like through all the glasses they go fight in the street in the rain amazing absolutely amazing
1: money on this i think lads can you just do that? Yeah. Would you just have done better if, if, you, if you did the New Japan versus AEW card, what's your devil choice? What's your choice, JP?
2: I'd want to do something a bit batshit, probably. Mm-hmm.
0: Was that not batshit? <laughs> I know, that's
2: batshit. What I was thinking of, actually, was the the kind of... Um, I ended up thinking of Blade, because we'd mentioned it in the pre-show beforehand. and I was like, yeah, Sting going in, it'd be like that bit where he goes in and tries the giant blob thing with the light. Anyway, I digress. Um, There's a part of me that just thinks (laughs) putting Ishii with someone who I hate just Mm -hmm. so he can see if he'll beat the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of who I dislike on the AEW roster enough for that to happen. Because I mean, Ishii, I don't know, Beating up Peter Avalon isn't necessarily something that's going to draw, mm. but like some. I, I'm I, that's the route I'm probably going down now.
3: <laughs> I I, I'm, having, I'm, having, I'm having Miro and Ishii knocking to set the sh- yeah. shit out of each other with no video games like yeah. uh, anywhere near the thing, just Miro coming out like a big fucking hard bastard and just, uh, just him and Ishii just going at it for 15 minutes. That'd we didn't even use gold. Miro.
0: I don't oh. think anyone suggests. No one even put Miro on their card. Yeah, Miro uh, did get. Or evil,
1: evil, and Sonata would know what you're. glad know. Would know anyone's cards. <laughs> like they, they weren't even a consideration. Really. We didn't even, didn't even mention the names.
0: I picked good people. I picked good people because <laughs> there was no evil Sonata anywhere from either no. me, Benno, Andrew, or SP3. We were all on the same wavelength there.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I read something the with that was my Businessman.
2: Ishii Ishi Eddie King, that's a good one. Someone's written Ishi Darby in the chat, which yeah, is uh, another kind of good shout.
0: That'd be interesting.
2: Yeah, it, it did I read something where, like, Sonada's popular with businessmen? It's like, oh, I don't know how they got that fucking network. <laughs> Gareth, you would know that better than I. Like, there was something about, like, there was these watches that he was promoting that was selling, and it was like, where did they, who plucked that out of their ass? Like that, that can't be something that exists. I mean, I should ask. Gareth, he's popular what, with what, businessmen. What,
3: what, what? Why would I know that is popular with businessmen? I, because
2: you're a businessman. I don't. It's just the logic here? You know? Because <laughs> you're a businessman. Um,
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. In, 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 my, in my in my work, we've got posters of Sonata fall over. <laughs> <laughs> have
2: you got that?
1: One the he uses like, quotes. In, inspirational quotes underneath the picture of him. Is that like one where he was in Liverpool City Centre, stood outside like a pound bakery in like an immaculate suit? That's the photo you should have on your wall in your office. <laughs>
3: Oh, wow. God.
1: I want that on a t-shirt. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts on Is dress sense in general? You know?
0: I did not like Sonata's dress sense. Most of the time that man's not wearing socks. Um, <laughs> I I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm not into the hair. It's comical. I don't want a man to look comical. I want him just to be hot. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people say Sonata's handsome. I, I can't see it. I'm like too shallow to see Like I think like, it's men past. who say it it is men look there is not like i tell you from a women's perspective there's nothing more interesting than finding out what men other men think are attractive it's very, it's a very weird thing to like find out so it, it totally makes sense that it would be men that think that's not as um attractive i have to say i'd rather i don't know bunk up with Minoru suzuki
3: <laughs> he's
1: got that he's got
3: oh, that <laughs> It'd be a more, more exciting night, I'm sure.
0: Oh, definitely. You'll be asleep in
3: five and minutes with Sinatra.
0: That man definitely uh. wears socks. Minoru Suzuki wears socks, confirmed. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, he's a big fan. <laughs> what are these stance socks? He's a big fan of them.
0: He loves them, yeah. Yeah. Also loves
1: a good grapple, so you know. He's he got
2: um,
0: <laughs> What was that, Jake?
2: <laughs> I nothing. I've got nothing to add to
1: that. <laughs> I, got nothing I can say anything more for that. <laughs> oh Christ. Uh, what have we all been up to anyway outside of the wrestling stuff? Have you been, JP? How's things? We, uh, you know, haven't talked to you since Friday. It's a long time for me and you. And uh, since Friday, Friday, yeah,
2: ages <laughs> have you been these ago. Days? No. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I've been feeling quite rough actually. Mm. Like over the weekend, generally, just felt like kind of really rough and lethargic. And I've only, like, funny enough, I'm school uh, schools and colleges are in a thing of testing at the moment, so I've got. To go in tomorrow for a test and then on Friday for a test and then stand for three hours outside in the cold mm. as I try and chivvy students in to go and do these. So yeah, I'm like, fucking hell. So it's just been that kind of a week. And then but really looking forward to revolution at the same time. It was mm. like, okay. Yeah, I think we're all yeah re- ready and uh
1: mm. Yeah, we were all lacking that sleep, aren't we? Yeah, like I think we say in the pre-show like, uh, that oh you yeah, Patreon.com/slash/grapple. Um, I think between us, we've got like a combined four hours of sleep. I got I got up today, like uh, for again, I said before, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not even ashamed of it. You know what? I was off work. I had no, I had no reason to get out of bed. Got up. By the time I actually left my house, it was already dark. I was going around to see my uh, my little brother. He's uh, he turned eighteen today, um, so I was g- I was going to give him some cash. Oh, happy card. birthday! Yeah, Mark. Happy birthday, Mark. If you ever listen to this, he never will. It's not gaming, um. Therefore, he's not going to pay any attention. Um. <laughs> will
0: you give him some cash, You can sign up to the Patreon. With well, them. that
1: was the thing. I was going to put cash <laughs> in a car. <laughs> And I realized, like, and you probably have this this day, like, what's a kid going to do with cash these days? So I ended up having to literally give him a card with no money in and was True. like, just give me your bank details. I'll transfer you some money, mate. So that was the extent of my loving birthday <laughs> present. got one there. But I knew he'd yeah. be happy because he can go buy a new keyboard or whatever he buys for his gaming. So he was happy. Um, it worked out. Uh, but, yeah, I was going to say the reason I was, go- uh, so I was going there and I opened my door after, like, you know, it was pitch black by that point, so I didn't even see daylight today. And I stepped out, and there was literally a whole film set on my street. Like it was like it was like apparently there's a Martin Freeman BBC TV show filming around my street and there's just like oh. yeah, literally, I opened the door and I just walked out. It, it, it's not a glamorous life because right outside, but literally you can see it through my window, and I posted the picture on Twitter. Uh, the porta toilets have just been set up right outside of my flat. Um, <laughs> but then you turn right <laughs> next to uh, the artist door. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was Jensen artist. You you're know, not,
3: have, you're artists. not having much luck.
1: <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't see Martin Freeman. Change the Harris, signs so around. Did he go
2: outside that. and change the signs <laughs> around now?
1: Jensen artist, I might That's do that in the, in the dead of night. Um, sneak out and do it, see if I can grab any uh, any nice little bonuses. A couple of people on Twitter were saying, I'll go out, try and get some of the free food and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's a police drama or something, so there's a lot of people yeah. around in police uniforms and police cars, so oh. it's all a bit all, all a bit sketchy out there right now, but it's literally outside my front. At door. least we know what time it's on it's <laughs> Sunday, 9 p.m
2: yeah <laughs> over six to possibly eight weeks we know exactly how this is the responder
1: it's called apparently martin freeman uh yeah but i'll find him i'll, I'll see what he of thought of revolution um yeah unfortunately yeah. not morgan freeman yeah just martin freeman the uh the bloke from the office he's from the office isn't he? isn't he <laughs> i think he is
3: yes yeah he is mm. but yeah just isn't he the one who worked on soccer am that time Asked uh, Tim Lovejoy when he was in his Ramones t shirt what his favorite Ramones t what his favorite Ramones album was and like Lovejoy just didn't know any. And that was just like that's one of my favorite t- That's oh one of my, my favorite God. TV moments of all time. If he like- did
0: that, he's awesome. He's awesome. <laughs> like that's the kind of shit I would do to like um teenagers when like Top Shops started selling Iron Maiden t shirts um (laughs) I'll never I'll never forget once I used to work in Topshop when I was very young in university um and I'm I'm a big fan of the New York Dolls and there was a girl at work who I don't know what the nice way to describe her would be other than Gemma Collins and people used to put like stuff away for payday and she was like oh I'm putting away this t-shirt it says New York Doll on it and I was just like Really, and what what does that mean? She's like, you know, like a cool doll from New York, and it was it was one of those like it was an actual New York Dolls band T shirt, and I was there like, wow, I, I, that just upsets me. It upsets me. Do
2: you know what it's also sorry. like? That's like that's like the Alan Partridge, him with the with Arthur Lennon, uh, sorry Graham Lennon uh-huh. and Arthur Matthews talking about Sunday Bloody Sunday really sums yeah. up the frustrations of a Sunday. <laughs> Is not yeah. it it's just like <laughs> missing the point? That's, that's, that's go, watch weird, the yeah. car. Go to IKEA Sunday. <laughs> bloody Sunday.
3: That, that's weird. You mentioned um, Partridge there, though, because just Tim Lovejoy coming into my head just made me think. Oh, like when uh, when when Grapple Sarah. Where I used to work at Sky, <laughs> Tim Lovejoy's <laughs> uh, drive that he had on their network, and, he, and and he Boy. had like a, he, he had a file there that was like ideas for a program, ideas for programs, and it was it was pure like it was pure partage stuff, you know, like oh what, you know parties is like his arm wrestling with Chas and Dave and all that. Yeah. you know, it was like, Lovejoy with these lists of, of like potential programs, like all <laughs> yes. this awful stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, that would be
2: <laughs> yeah, youth you, you hostel. With Chris Eubank, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was which Chris was Eubank. All... Chris Eubank replied to on Twitter. He's like, "Why are people always going on about me and youth hustling And to which somebody replied, "Ah, oh, we just think you'd be really suitable for it." <laughs> um, and there were there was a, a weird little sub thing I remember of a few photos of people going to RAW with big partridge signs. Mm. So there was one where there was a few people holding a sign that said "Cook Past Babridge." Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just like slide towards the back rows, which is fucking phenomenal in and of itself. There's just several people took part in it, and there was someone near the front row, like youth hostling with Chris Eubank, and like, and just sort of putting it out there. Oh Wonderful monkey tennis. I've got a t shirt with all these names on it as well. <laughs> well, you mentioned in the chat, somebody's mentioned inner city sumo. Has anyone seen this slap wars thing?
3: Oh, that's on that Polish. Time. I saw, the tra- I, saw, I saw the trailer. I, yeah, I, definitely, I definitely fancy it's watching Really angry me, Polish but, dudes slapping each
1: other with full force. It's terrifying. Where's the concussion <laughs> test in there? Have you seen this, Steph?
0: I haven't seen it. And honestly, I thought you said slap whores. So I mean, <laughs> that's why I looked so, yeah. so shocked. <laughs> Um, that, that that was on flight TV, but no, I haven't seen slap Wars either.
2: <laughs> that would possibly be the most un-international Women's Day thing that you could possibly do, couldn't you? There you go. No, Sorry, I
1: didn't
0: bring, it, that. bring it down to the tone. Just to absolutely
2: clarify. <laughs> like, I didn't.
0: I'll- you know what? I, I I forgot that it was International Women's Day, and that's the only reason you have me on. So thanks, lads. Wow.
1: <laughs> Look, we had you on because you missed Dynamite. You know what? I left, I left that off your intro as well. You know, it's it's Just a coincidence, Steph. That's all. That's all
0: just uh, a coincidence okay
1: once a year what more do you want honestly <laughs> look I wanted you on after after last night I, I poked you into uh, asking Tony Khan about uh the, the full of Liverpool game um I was saying this to Karen before we went live uh you, you were you, when you're on the uh on the uh the media q and afterwards you were like oh right Tony mm-hmm. you've, had a, you've had a good day today obviously uh you know uh, winning the uh, the game against Liverpool he was so happy his face was just like he was
0: I know <laughs> I know. I was waiting you. for him to. I was waiting for him to say to me, um, "Like, are you a football fan?" And my answer would have been, "I'm a Fulham fan since uh, about January 2019," I mm. <laughs> <And> just left it <laughs> <about> at that.
2: <laughs> you don't live a million miles away from it, so you can kind of claim it. It's not really glory yeah. hunting, is it to be a to be a Fulham <laughs> fan? At this I, well, I don't know at the minute.
1: There's a hell of a bandwagon going on. Mm. With yeah, that's true. Right? Every time, falls although you well, like. I do kind of like, go, yeah, nice one, Tony. Go on, lad. Like, I kind of like half cheer for them a little bit. I'm sure Gareth... But like
0: the whole, oh, the, but yeah, the whole... Yesterday. The whole AW roster are like now Fulham fans. It's funny. Like loads of wrestlers from AW have tweeted stuff about Fulham winning or they've watched Fulham games with Tony. Like Fulham is the cool team to support. Like <laughs> if if you're a wrestling fan. So I do. I am declaring myself a Fulham fan, 100%.
2: Taz on AW Dark going shout out to Bobby Cordova Reed like (laughs) out of nowhere
1: like I wish they still had Bobby Dempsey that was a player Um, oh Clint Dempsey Dempsey, the American Bobby Dempsey's the (laughs) ROH yeah
2: the ROH (laughs) trading oh God yeah Clint Dempsey I
1: just remember him being a great fancy football asset for that one season Uh, I'm sure Gareth had him too
3: yes Uh, it was was about six six point five mil wasn't he it was always uh, always you your return, absolutely glory days. Liverpool nearly bought <laughs> it. <laughs> Thank <fuck they> <laughs> Well, it could have been different.
2: Sorry, somebody's put down in the chat here saying Simon has said, I did see a clip of the World Shin Kicking Championships 2019 today. Oh. Absolute madness. That sounds like the most unpleasant. I don't think I could watch it.
4: <laughs> I think I just
2: have massive issues with that. That's just like mm. doing anything to your shins is yeah. just the most frustrating sense of play. I couldn't watch that for like two hours. It's just like fucking water torture.
1: Awful, awful.
2: Um... Mm
1: well moving on uh jp before we get into the uh the big review of mm. the show and the uh, the reason we got miss dynamite herself uh here tonight uh jp whatever uh, what's been going on in the in the grapple patreon uh this last week we've uh we've been busy again um it was the uh, the first mm. of the month last last week but you know still uh plenty to come uh this month as well over at the uh, grapple uh i was gonna say grapple.com slash patreon patreon.com slash grapple
2: Yes, we've had... So, I mean, we did the the kind of big preview show, and, which we were li- we went live for, and then it's up on YouTube. So if you haven't seen that, that was us going kind of through our AEW predictions. Mm-hmm. Some were right, some were wrong. Yeah. Um, I was wrong on most of them, I think. It's only okay. the big surprise yeah. stuff. Um, we've also got a day- daily update. We are going to be doing a Q&A mm. this week mm. as well. Um, also, we'll be coming around to, to doing another of the preview. We are going to be doing a deep dive... Um, for our uh, King of the Mountain, um, one of our, our patron kings, Robert Brocky, which is going to be about Muhammad Hassan and the London bomb- bombings, which um, that'll be a laugh <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we go back to watch watch that. But it's like, actually, when you start looking into it, it's, it's fascinating very project. fascinating of that, mm. of that point in time as well about the kind of like reasoning behind it and i was telling you guys kind of beforehand as well living near there when all that kicked off as well so yeah we've got we've got those going on um and we're going to be we're kind of getting our our next month's film club poll up we've been told about another deep dive that we're going to be doing after this um from our other king of the mountain um king carl gack Mm -hmm. about wrestling society x which i've seen none of but sounds fucking fun Mm -hmm. so like um Looking forward to that, and obviously being disappointed because otherwise we'd be talking about Wrestling Society X Revolution pay per view today, and we're
3: not. <laughs> is that, is that, that yeah, on the JP? Is good that job. on the JP drive? <laughs>
2: It will be, mate. Don't you worry about that. Speaking of which,
1: £25 here. But, um, anywho. Yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> Unofficial.
2: <laughs> on the never-never, I'm wearing a Cockney cap, so a bit of shiftiness had to come in. Really. And if you want to see that
1: Cockney hat as well, we are, we are live every every Monday night for these episodes of Spotlight, uh, live and in videos. <laughs> People get to see our, our lovely tired faces um, on a Monday night uh, discussing everything we talk. So, yeah, if you want to... Uh, Give us some support at patreon.com slash grapple, but we've danced around it enough, folks. Let's let's get into it. It is going to be very much the AEW show today. Uh, We're about to talk about Revolution, but, you know, as you said there, JP, you know, for our patrons and for free on our YouTube, we did do a bit of a weekend preview on Friday, and me and you had a little chat about Dynamite, but I I did want to give it... You know, a little bit of a shout out. I think before we get into Revolution, what? as far as like a go go home show goes, Um similar to last year, quite funny. You know, I re- you know, I'd forgotten. You know, until me and Steph did that retro review on her channel. You know, that Revolution last year had that uh Pack Omega match on the uh, the Dynamite as the go home, and this year we had you know something very different uh, in Shaquille O'Neal going into uh, going into the pay per view. But yeah, me and you, JP Waxler, Colabari, <laughs> and you know for us i think we agreed it was probably one of the best dynamites they've done um yeah i think uh you on that train as well steph as far as that that go home dynamite goes uh going into this pay-per-view like i i'd struggle to say like there's been a better at least first 90 minutes of an episode of the dynamite for me
0: yeah it was an extremely strong dynamite i think they they hit everything um i think they. The Shaq, Cody, uh, Red Velvet, and Jim Cargill match was interesting because it had no bearing on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. But it was such a good um, match to draw people in. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that match over-delivered, uh, especially Shaq. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, that was a performance like no one expected him to actually do that, to like actually take big bumps it was very very good and they hit on I think the right storylines for the pay-per-view they well you had the Jericho MJF thing but then you had a lot of Dark Order Hangman stuff Um, and I think that it was nice how they kind of left the Kenny Moxley thing to like a everything that we can say has been said so let's have a video package with Anita in it I thought that was that was pretty cool Mm. um and then it ended in you know seeing all the guys that are going to be that were in the tag team match and i I think it was just a very strong show Mm. Uh, it is interesting that they put shaq on first there's obviously been a lot of talk about the reasons but it worked to draw them a big number at the beginning um and yeah it was a a a home run go home show
1: really was uh guessing you were a fan as well gareth like that you know, dynamite. There are some weeks aren't there, when we do this podcast where it's like, oh, hey, let's just get down and in. let's get it watched. I remember on like Thursday morning, you 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 pretty much gone spoiler free, hadn't you? When we came to record in um, our uh, Ready to Rumble uh, episode for for the Patreon, and you would pretty much devoid it. I had to give you a heads up because there were, obviously there was a lot of talk about CM Punk on the timeline because there was uh, rumours uh, <laughs> abounding about uh, about that. I had to just just put you straight. Listen, Gareth, if you hear that bit. There's no CM Punk on this show. That's not the reason it's great, but it is great. (laughs) Um, I was intrigued, so I'm sure you finally got to watch it and uh, did it live up to the uh, the minimal hype that you saw in there in trying to avoid spoilers on Thursday.
3: No, because you made me think Jim Punk was going to be on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, it was it was uh, it was just it was just really good. It was just really well. Let's say it was a really good show. It was a really good show for the most part of it. Kind of think like first, probably first ninety minutes or something like that was was really into it. I think it was just more the the intrigue. It was all about the opening match. I think for, like for me personally, and just just wondering how that was going to going to go, how Shaq was going to work out, what Jake Cargo was going to you know look like because you know. She's just looked. She's just had that star quality and things like that about her in the in the run up to it. Um, and yeah, she you know for it was just a classic, wasn't it? Of just like ex- accentuate the positives and hide the negatives, and just the way the, the, they put that ma- match together was was perfect. I was just still pissed off though about the the shack. No no social media or late very very late social media stuff from Shaq because I, when I was listening to you two on the weekend show and you were like oh yeah it was a good number I was thinking a good number this, he's yeah. got fucking 18 million social media followers it should have been one and a half million <laughs> watching that show he should, like, and I think it was just a huge missed opportunity I, I thought mm-hmm. free to air on TV and like he's like embarrassed or something that he's involved in wrestling so mm-hmm. there's just nothing on his social media at all like I was I was dead disappointed with the numbers because when it was first announced it it was going to be dynamite i was thinking oh great this is you know because this is non-pay-per-view this is going to be something where they're going to they're going to draw a really strong million plus plus number for this show and and they didn't so i, th- I thought it was a bit disappointing <laughs> really that um the actual number that, that, that came out of it but the show as a whole just yeah left you really like hyped and again just one of the great things about AEW that we keep coming back to is like last night going into a pay-per-view sat there at fucking midnight on a Sunday night mm. genuinely excited to be watching a wrestling pay-per-view and that doesn't happen that hasn't happened for God knows how many years you know and like mm. AEW really make you make you have that element of excitement looking forward to something and make it feel make it feel worthwhile that something big is going to happen be it a match or an angle or a person you know a reveal of a person or something like that That. Yeah, makes you think. Yeah, we'll go to work on two hours' kip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's it. I think mean, they've they created like a, a real you know for whatever oh. you want to say about the surprise, which we'll get into, and you know the uh, the dumb squib that was maybe the end two. <laughs> like go- going into this weekend they did such a like maybe they overhyped a couple of things okay but they create it really was you know you said yourself steph you know it was like christmas morning sunday Um, that's kind of what it felt like it felt big and i think you know as we saw on the weekend show on friday jp like the 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 go home show was a another reason for that it did you know as steph's been doing it felt like it felt like you know AEW revolution week it felt like you know a, a big big time pay-per-view and i think that's what happens when mm-hmm. you know you, you peak your tv rights. you know like the shack thing you know we had our misgivings about that being on tv rather than on the pay-per-view i think although as gareth has said the rating could be better that proved to be a good decision um and also you know what they get right is you know these weekends not coming it's not it's not every three weeks it's not wwe where there's like a pay-per-view every two weeks it's you know you get your four big ones a year and when they happen they mean something and i just think yeah in the build yeah. of the show they just got everything right
2: Yeah, it did. I mean, it was kind of building to a pay-per-view 101. Mm. It was a pay-per-view and it wasn't, we said it at the time, it wasn't built on a brand, it was built on an idea of matches. You were being kind of sold on feuds and storylines to go into a pay-per-view. And that's all you really ever want. And it's the kind of simple idea that your television... Builds to your kind of your money events. I mean, UFC do this. You know, it's 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 not rocket science. You know, they had a show the night before that was sold on three title match matches back to back. I mean, that was that was the kind of appeal. That that was where their storylines went, and they did the same thing here. Now, obviously, some storylines you're you're not into as much as others, but I appreciate that that is what's <laughs> going to get me interested. <clears throat> and they've done such a good job, and just sort of having that maintaining that focus towards this is what we need to build to this is what we're going to do so they feel like an event and they feel newsworthy as we're going to talk about because it's not like it's it, you know this is all great and everything else on the show obviously but it feels like an event whereas i don't know elimination chamber you get new world champions and the rest of it and I'm just like great good for you you can work that round now bobby like it's just so devoid of meaning because none of these matches have meaning. So you're kind of going in the with what the competition has. And this feels like this is what you do. And it sounds, again, I think I said it on the Friday show, it sounds very weird, but I like the idea of being sold to in this way. Mm. Make me excited about it because I love wrestling. How are you going to make me excited? Put on matches that I've got a reason to give a shit about and want to see who wins and loses. Mm. It's not fucking rocket science, again, <laughs> a lot of the time. But it's amazing how many of, you know, and it doesn't mean I have to love every storyline or every sort of wrestler going, going into it. And there's definitely kind of flaws on the card. But, you know, if it, it was good feeling excited about a wrestling pay-per-view and a wrestling show. Yeah,
1: yeah. just a wrestling weekend. It just felt, yeah. Even at a wrestling company, mm-hmm. I'd take it even further than that. It's it's refreshing, yeah. you know. It felt like – I didn't love it being on a Sunday, as we said earlier, but it felt like those big WWE pay-per-view Sundays that were – you know, in the in the years gone by, you know, everyone would be on Twitter that it'd be like, you know, your whole your timeline would be a light, you know, your casual friends were watching. It was just, you know, it felt important. Um I think AEW have done a a really good job of uh, of recapturing that magic. Um so yeah, we went into this show on Sunday. Um Let's talk about whether they delivered on that. Um, I, I don't know if we can start. I mean, I want I want to go through the show in chronological order because I think we should. I think everything deserves a, a bit of talk. Can I start anywhere other than the what happened at the end? I think like I think maybe we need to like head to that and then loop back around mm-hmm. again. Um, fireworks, um, the other word. Uh, explosions in the th- in the sky. It was, yeah, it was. It, it was an ending uh, to a pay-per-view, it's all... I mean, for all the positive we just said about AEW then, people are talking about AEW coming out of this pay-per-view. Um, there, are, there, are some, there are lots of positives in there as well. Unfortunately, one thing has taken all of the headlines, you know, down to... Down to, I suppose, uh, they've tried to explain it away in, in kayfabe terms, but I think they just unfortunately shit the bed at the the very very important moments at the end of this pay-per-view um yeah i mean before we get into the show itself should we talk fireworks gate um because i think that's kind of no. that's the biggest thing on, on people's people's minds i think coming out of the show it was uh yeah i mean you know steph you watched a lot of uh a lot of you know you watched the anita funk uh match so you know and i yeah. you were gonna watch you were looking at a cat was a cactus jack um um, and yeah. is another opportunity, another one where this very thing happened, um, in 1995 where the explosions didn't quite uh, meet the the expectations. But yeah, did, uh, mm-hmm. did AW uh meet your expectations when it came to uh, to this kind of match and this kind of payoff?
0: Well, I think firstly, I'm definitely the high man on the fireworks, okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I felt like I thought the match was extremely good. I thought it, it was really, really good match between Omega and Moxley. <clears throat> and, you know, this week I was introduced to death matches more uh, in a way than I've been before. And I really loved the funk Onina One. And I especially loved the ending. And I thought that the match was like surprisingly um, emotional, um, and made me, you know, feel a lot of feelings. So that was kind of what I wanted Moxley and Omega to deliver something that wasn't like just pure, pure violence, like something that was a little bit deeper than that. And I think that that really worked when it comes to the explosions and everything. I think the explosions in the ring were totally fine. Um, Uh, I think the barbed wires, I mean, the explosions during the match. I think the barbed wire stuff was fine. Um, The, the the barbed wire stuff was more than fine. Like they, they fucked each other up. But when it came to the ending, like when Eddie Kingston ran out, um, I was so, so excited. Like that was what I wanted. I, I really wanted him. And I had, you know, we'd mentioned that as an idea on on the pre-show banner that Eddie Kingston coming out to save Moxie cuz he can't watch his friend go through that
4: hat tip to um SB3, so it was don't. very
0: mm. yeah hat tip to to 3 um so it was very like funk onita uh so i thought that was That was awesome. And I feel like when I was in the moment watching it, that I was so overcome by the joy of them playing out anything that it took a while for it to hit me that the explosions weren't quite right, you know? Mm. Um, That's how I thought. And then, of course, after Tony, you know, what he said, you know, that that Kenny can't can't make explosions, um, (laughs) I think good for you for trying to do some, like, storyline cover work um thank god you played that video where kenny was like the old undertaker making a bomb um because that you know at least we've seen kenny at work and i feel like so i've this is like the second time i've i've mentioned this today but with eddie kingston obviously sold it mm. like it was an actual like actual explosions were going That's off the issue so Okay, well, I've solved that issue, Benno. So it's fine. (laughs) Okay, so I feel like Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's a really emotional man, as we know. And he feels things really deeply. And he's got such a tough exterior. But we know that he's like this very soft teddy bear of a man. So I can just imagine, and I hope they did film this, Eddie watching it backstage. And seeing what could happen to Moxley, just getting himself in a right right state of, like, realising that he can't let this happen to his friend and how morally wrong it is and be like, you know, I hate him, but I don't want him to die. And he comes out and he covers his friend, but he's just in a complete state of shock and fear and he doesn't realise that it wasn't as bad um, as he thought so what Eddie Kingston was selling was not the actual explosion but the inner like fear um, and anticipation that he had for it, it was like if you heard that an earthquake was coming and you're like, you know, grabbing your kids to go hide under something and huddling them. And then at the end it's not that bad. But <laughs> you wouldn't just get then get up and be like, oh well let's go make a cup of tea now. That like you'd be like laying there like shell shocked thinking, oh my gosh, well, you know, maybe it hasn't it hasn't fully gone off yet. Maybe we haven't fully experienced it. So I just think that Eddie was in a trance that was brought on by a lot of anxiety and heartbreak and like deep feelings that he he was that he was feeling because uh, he was in his head imagining like the death of his friend. And I really feel like, you know, maybe when the when the world ends, it might not be a big explosion. It might just be a small whimper. And if you JP find yourself um on top of Benno and you, Gareth, find yourself like covering the two of them to save the grapple, the grapple family, That's and right. it ends up that. It wasn't, you know, that bad or that scary. I promise you, you'll still be feeling that shock, and you'll not want to let go.
1: <laughs> well, first, thing I'm going to say thanks to Gareth. Yeah, uh, wow, I didn't know you cared about us that much.
2: I was um, going <laughs> to say,
3: say, say, both of us. i be no, off making a cup of tea.
2: Isn't it? <laughs> There's a lot of heavy lifting going on there, stuff.
3: <laughs> you yeah, really,
2: you've really done a better job than Tony. I'm willing to
0: lift heavy. You've done a better covering.
2: job than Tony. You've done a better um, job than Tony. Oh. I agree yeah.
0: with what Sean's saying though. Like, I feel, I feel, I do feel uh, sorry for mm-hmm. them that because what they were, what they were doing as far as like the storytelling of Eddie going to do mm-hmm.
4: that,
0: that was great. Um, Was so great and is mm-hmm. so like so epically well done storytelling that we don't usually see in wrestling. We see some of it in AEW, but. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't get it in WWE. It it was so so good, like attention um, to, to detail and characters and trying to make things um, seem like epic and deep. That it is such a shame that we we're we're sitting here talking about I know, I fireworks know. when we should be talking about like you like Tony Khan being um, a great a great modern writer, um, it- just a you know legend all
1: it needed was someone to call an audible like i was sitting there watching just desperate for like tony khan to send up. just tell eddie stop selling just tell him to stop selling tell him he's fine you know tell him to maybe sell his ears you know i love i love your cover you know your cover there steph you've done a you've done a great job there maybe they'll go with it on wednesday like or even even just like something as simple as oh yeah eddie was deafened by the blast and you know he's come to and he's fine now like Just somebody needed to get where they had because I think that's for me. I don't know where you are in JP, that's where it falls like Tony Khan's explanation falls apart for me because like he was like well you know you know kenny yeah kenny was you know he, he's bad at making rings you know he, he you know he didn't know what he was doing and the explosion went wrong that is actually that's fine and they should go forward with that as the story you've got to um at this point maybe add some of Steph's layers as well but where that does fall apart is that they left eddie kingston in the ring looking a bit silly um it is white t-shirts as uh, someone in the chat has mentioned this as well it was just yeah that that extra bit i don't know that's easy for us to say afterwards isn't it that's easy for us to say say in the moment you should have gone and done that i'm sure there was a lot going on and somebody probably had that idea and then by then the pay-per-view went off the air and it lost it because yeah it was such an emotionally great charge, great moment. Steph mentioned it on a pre-show, you know, that SP 3 or True Heal Heat was the one who, I think, first put that idea out there that maybe Eddie might come and save Moxley and it actually happened in real life. It was such a perfect moment, kind of marred by all that stuff. Um, But do you reckon, JP, do you buy buy the the explanation? Can it be salvaged, uh, as Steph has put there? Uh, I think it it can be
2: salvaged. It's going to take so much work because the problem is you've produced this three hour long film Mm. and you've just delivered a kind of dud of an ending Mm. where it relied on the visual. Mm. That's what it was. Like if you think of the components of the kind of exploding barbed wire death matches, like Mm. you obviously have the kind of explosions once they hit the the ropes Mm. and then you've got the kind of big explosion at the end Mm. and you've got that. Mm. And that's kind of like your centerpiece of how you put it together. Mm. When you don't have that visual the thing I was reminded by is at first of all, like I felt kind of gutted mm. and then I felt, I started to feel really embarrassed and cringing going, Oh my God, Oh my God, they're still selling. And I'd only watched up until I basically, the, the, the match I sort of, when I went to sleep was the, um, best friends versus Mira and Kip Sabian. I was like, no chance. Understandable. Like, and then, but I was excited to wake up for this and avoiding spoilers and everything else. And I just felt gutted. Mm-hmm. I felt gutted for them because I thought this was the perfect story to do. Mm. It's just about causing enough explosions to create a big load of smoke around the ring. That's what you had to do. It was the like bit of smoke it was loud the noise. One thing
1: That's it. That's what we needed. It's the
2: one thing you had to do. Mm. The one thing you had to do. Mm. And it was the, whoever thought we're gonna put the fireworks, the sparklers. Mm. Like, on top of the fucking ring posts. Like, question them.
4: Mm.
2: Like, seriously. Think of explosions where you've seen sparkles. No, Mm. because it doesn't happen, does it? So it was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, like, oh, no, 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 no. And you just felt for them. Mm. Because you just think they've just been killing themselves for 25 minutes. And I know it's not real barbed wire per se. It's still fucking dangerous, you know. Mm. Taking a one-winged angel onto a chair is inherently dangerous. Mm. There were so many kind of good spots. It's probably as well-worked as that match is ever going to really be in terms of having people probably been there putting actually together some structure of a wrestling match. And that, But that takes away from it Mm. because it is just like the completely duff ending Mm. to something. And then that's what you're left with. And you're kind of going, "Yeah, yeah, this was good, this was good, this was good. And it's like, but the ending was shit and that's and that's part of the problem for it and in terms of how i felt like with with what they did basically if you could never if you when you went back and they would have say watched other death matches if you're not able to create Which what they, they did was fun as Dylan said yeah you so. should you show this what you put yourself into the position of this if you couldn't do that then don't do it because it's just going to be a crushing disappointment I mean, this wasn't something where it was like it was a. This was like a TNA level failure, like, and I don't say that phrase lightly. Like, it was, it was bad, and it made them look. And I can see WWE taking the piss, Mm. frankly, over the next week. And for the first time in a long time, I'm saying there'd be they'd be kind of entitled to do it. Like, like this this idea of ah, you can't do this, you can't create this this kind of spectacle. I mean, I think Cody had more pyro for his fucking entrance than. Mm than what this was it's such <laughs> a letdown when
1: they had the baby um, reveal the other thing i, I thought about pyro? <laughs>
2: yeah it did yeah i mean i also thought of the stonehenge bit yeah. from spinal tap again i know we brought that up a couple of weeks ago mm. but that's what i started thinking of on there like when they're just like trying to put this together because it was the first clue of it i think would have been when moxley does the paradigm shift ddt And there's a couple of like minor small exposures. It was like, Oh fuck, that Mm. wasn't good. Mm. It's all right. We can carry on. And they did enough stuff when they got into the ring as well. But like, that was the kind of sign, but that type of stuff, like Mm. it, it just looks bad. It looks really bad. And it, it looks really, really fake. And I know that's the word they hate more than any other, but that's what this did. This man is lying on top of this man and he's nearly dying because effectively he was within five foot of some sparklers and a smoke bomb, like really, and that's the problem. And I can't think about. I tried rewatching the match, and even when I was rewatching, I was like, "All this for that ending? Fucking hell! That's like you'd be livid, wouldn't you?"
1: Yeah. Well, Gareth, I mean, yeah. I went, I went, I still, I still went for you know, I will, I'll defend it in that I still went four stars on the match because I suppose this was after the match, so it, you know. But it is—it's a sad thing, isn't it? Character like yeah, as Steph said, we're talking about this rather than you know what a great emotional moment it was. Eddie Kingston coming to save Moxley—the the 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 amount the two of them put on the line, you know, as far as the bodies go to put together a match like this—and yeah, unfortunately the letdown. But you know, you can say it's incompetence. You can just say it's—it's it's one of those things where it just it didn't come off as planned. But at the end of the day, it didn't come off as planned, and unfortunately, it it it's gotten all the headlines these last uh, 24 hours.
3: Yeah, and it's going to do that as well. And then the thing is, yeah, you, you have to treat everyone with the same, you know, in the same way as you would any other promotion. Like if this was WWE, mm. we'd be laughing at them, you know. If it was, and it is, you, 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 know, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, we, you know, we'd be we'd be mocking them. We'd be, you know, we saying how terrible they are, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. And as good as as good as on paper, that was booked, to the whole Eddie Kingston thing. It just ended up looking so lame, so cheap. Mm. It just. You know, it just totally took away from everything that had gone before it. It feels barely recoverable now as well, because clearly they wanted to, like, work something in around Moxley and, you know, um obviously his standing on, you know, TV in the future and future direction and things like that. And all that just looks, you know, just, I don't know, just, just, just watched away. It was just, it was just really disappointing because it's kind of not what you've come to. It's the sort of thing that you'd expect them to deliver on. And, you know, especially when you you are gonna do something like that that's unique and a bit different, that they would have tested it properly to make sure that You know, it did look good. It did look good for the cameras. They had the camera angles sorted and things like that because they had the, you know, they had the 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 right time to be able to do it. And again, just even that, just reacted in the moment to save the situation. Obviously, you Ben was saying there about somebody just could have just said to Eddie, you know, (laughs) to to Kingston, just get off him kind of thing, you know, then react differently or something like that. That was an audible that could have been called. I mean, I tweeted out at the time, just get Kenny back out there now, just to like get Kenny to turn around and come out and come out and just say like ha 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 you idiots look at the state of you two in the ring Do you think i'd really like create a situation where i could have potentially got blown up or something like that and just like you know whatever turned it turned it in the moment and just try you know have him like making you know taking the piss or whatever you know because i felt like whatever they did it needed to be done in the moment because now the stories are just so different you know the commentators were saying one thing and now eddie kingston's going to say something else and tony khan sounded ridiculous tying himself in knots like the stuff that he was coming out as well in the in the post post post-match as well it it almost just feels to me like just like forget it and move on kind Mm -hmm. of thing just and, and to be fair aw have got a decent track record of you know they can lean into things or they can pivot and just you know get themselves out of sticky situations by good booking or good writing and yeah i think you know i'd be thinking just don't dwell on this now let's just mm. let's just pivot to something else that's mm. good and get people thinking about and talking about something else that's that's good now and just you know Forget this negative and just move on to a positive because uh, yeah, people have had people have enjoyed their 24 hours of being able to take the piss out of uh, out of AEW. So um, yeah, give them a reason to be praising AEW. That will be my that will be my scenario of it. So I'd be immediately saying, okay, let's just get a fucking Dynamite this week. Let's <laughs> just get some great fucking matchups on out there. Get some like you know get a, get a four and a half star match on Dynamite this week and get people talking about quality of ring work or something like that rather than uh, dwelling on fireworks and sparklers yeah
0: I just like I'm waiting for Eddie though to cut like a really
3: good promo that's kind of
0: based on what I said where him being like oh man like I thought you like going into kind of the his logic of why he came out like being like man I thought you were gonna die and our whole friendship like flashed before my eyes and my instinct was just to protect you and even though, you know, it, it it turns out that Kenny is just like shit at making bombs. Mm. I still just want to, you know, protect you because you're about to be a dad and I love you so much. I mean, Eddie's a method actor. It, it's hard to know whether he would have been able to just turn on a dime like that because he's probably been watching tragic war films for the past two months, like <laughs> gearing himself up for this moment.
1: <laughs> yeah, if I trust anyone to save it on, on Mike, it is Ooh. It is. Eddie. <laughs> oh, go on, J.F.A.K. <laughs> Well, I was going to say
2: it was, it was more close to that scene near the beginning of Tropic Thunder where you've got Ben Stiller not being able to cry and he's holding him and then they put the explosions on by accident, which is kind of like the opposite end, end of that as well. I mean, I've just seen Sean's comment in the chat, which is which is really the, the kind of case for this is, is this is a mistake. Although I did hear Brian Alvarez talk about, it's an explosion. You can only do it once. It's like, no dickhead. You can fucking test these things. Out. What are we talking about Stop <laughs> fucking throwing a hand grenade into the mix and going, well, I can't repeat that action. <laughs> it's just like just stupid shits like that. Yeah. Go Dana White on this. I mm. saw an article by Josh Nason on the observer and he just said, go do what Dana White does. When there's a shit fight, he says there's a shit fight mm. and you just own it. Mm. And, it doesn't mean he does anything about solving it. You know, he still goes out and will book sort of kind of fights involving some of these fires again. But that's what he does. And mm. and that's what AW kind of need to own this. You need to get a killer Eddie Kingston promo and you need to just start working into Eddie versus Kenny doing stuff on the mic. Mm. And just as a kind of distraction away from all of this. Yeah. And I think that is the kind of way that you go. It's not unsalvageable. I mean, Ray Mysterio had one of his eyes ripped out the other month, <laughs> didn't he? So, like, and that was we're shite. Not-
0: <laughs> and that was yeah. uh, like, and but that whole everything about that was shite, and it was like planned to be shite. Like as Sean said, they they did work hard on it, and it, and that is like the sad bit. It's mm-hmm. it's a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
1: it. Yeah it is it's one of those things I think the answer is I think you've got to take your licks as Gara said like people are going to be laughing at you for a bit I think I think I would rather t- big tone owned up to it a little bit more than he did um you know again in a kayfabe sense yes we blame it on omega but i think you do need to hold your hands up and say yeah we got it wrong there should have been more smoke a louder bang the ring should have fell apart you know we we should have done more um it it, it was it was a mistake you know and you know but all we're all disappointed about it because you know again at at the end of the day as a match it it was a it was a it was as good like the 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 secret here everyone you know if you've seen exploding barbed wire death matches before they're not five-star matches. <laughs> they're never... They're, like, something usually goes wrong. But aside from that, you know, it's Anita. I love You know, I love him. He's a, he's basically... A, he was a meme before memes, wasn't he, JP, in his white vest and his, uh, and his mm. blue jeans. He's a, You know, he's a legend. But, you know, we're not talking five-star classics. <laughs> we're talking, you know, Anita matches. And this was as good as it can get as far as... A ma- I thought the, the actual work they did in the match, and I said before, I gave it four stars. Yep. Um, they... You know they did a really good job of threatening. You know the violence that like you said. You know the the spot where um, Moxley put his foot on the uh, on the barbed wire, the rope, and it, it was used as brilliant used us to yep. kick out to the one-winged angel or a couple of really good. clever spots like that in the match I, I thought it was really well worked um as far as a match in this style goes maybe let, let down a little bit by the commentators not really understanding you know the the lack of a countdown clock and the weird you know the the drum sound that you know they they taken <clears> from <throat> the old fmw matches uh they could have done a better job of explaining that stuff um but i i thought the work bell to bell was very good um i was hovering over the 4.25 star but um i mean yeah i'll i'll go to you uh first steph what did you give it as far as a grapple rating goes on uh on this one what, what where, where would you land uh especially being the uh the barbed wire match uh, expert after uh, this week with Brayden and davey
0: uh, i'd actually go 4.25 and the the thing stopping it i'm not i'm not counting the explosion in my reading yeah the bell had rung mm-hmm. uh what's stopping it is just the fact that um it it was a barbed wire death match, um, and I, like I have nothing the against them, but there's a the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. There's a the ceiling.
1: How about you, JP?
2: I went three and a half because I have put the explosion into it because for me, it just affected how I felt about the match. Right, like so. I mean, it's I, you know, I, that's yeah. It's it's just how, but it's how you feel in the moment, isn't it? That's as well. It's about how how you, and that's kind of how I reacted to it. I thought. The, the clever thing they did was have one side of the ring where there wasn't any barbed wire where you could do some semblance of moves and a few other things around that. You had an area to go out to, to be able to stretch this out because it's kind of worked at a real breakneck pace. Mm-hmm. Never really let up. There's not like there's a rest hole sequence here going on um, as well. I mean, again, it's, it's not really necessarily my cup of tea, but at the same time, I... Um, like, I did enjoy this more than I thought I kind of would do. It was just that kind of an ending that really, it it, it stuck with me. And even when I rewatched it again, and I'm going, there's stuff in here that's as good as it's going to get for this genre of match. However, I'm, you know, and I completely agree about like some of the spots were inventive. I, I, I didn't like it when the Good Brothers came out. I just would have preferred if Kenny had got his hand on the exploding, um, like the exploding barbed wire baseball bat, and then did the one winged angel through the chair. I think that would have, that would have kind of been would have would have kind of meant more. He would have had less of that kind of tackiness of having a heel faction kind of run in, which I don't want on your big time main events that you're building to. Mm Like I don't like that kind of level of distraction, so yeah, I went I went three and a half for it, which isn't really an indictment on the kind of match in and of itself. I suppose I'd be closer to what you are, Steph or or Benno, around around the four mark. But yeah, it just it I can't let go
3: of that. Mm -hmm. But you know, I I went I went three point seven five. Like I I was teetering between three and a half and three point seven five as well. And like the match, the match deteriorated for me. Like it's I I I was really enjoying it at the start. Like I I liked the Mm I like the early drama of the not touching the ropes and the sort of like the anticipation as the viewer of like what's mm-hmm. going to happen and when and the, the the way that they worked that initially was was really good and even like Bryce Remsburg, like the way he was kind of tiptoeing about the ring and like looking nervous about hitting the ropes and things like that as well. I just thought that kind of like played into it as well, which you know a bit odd but like the, the referee side of things, but I just thought I just thought it worked and then, but then I think once that first explosion happened then it just became this is just any other you know this is just any other fucking you know, get your weapons out, match kind of thing or whatever. It was just, mm-hmm. a, it was just, it was just a any old match like that to me, as that, that that you see like a million, you know, a million times a a million times a year. And and then I think again, same as JP, as you got closer to the end, the fact that like Good Brothers came into it and things like that, like I that was that, that was did nothing to me. I think the explosion on the outside was was poor and they, and it just it just felt like diminishing returns along uh, al- al- along the way for away me and like at the end I was like eh, I enjoyed it but it wasn't like There's nothing to write home about, you know. It's uh, and and then for then again, I haven't included it really in my rating. But for 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 then all that drama and emotion to then just end up just being a bit of a wet fart at the end with the um, with the in ring angle with the big countdown and all that just sort of just just took away from it as as well. But you know, it was it was one of them. It was it was it was heavily heavily hyped. But I don't think you know. I think even when I look on the app like the average rating on the app overall is just like 3.93 as well. So I don't think it's not like people are clamoring out there to say it's like a four star plus match. You know, I think, uh, I think most people were quite sort of like considered with, with, with what they saw. And the only other, th- the only other point that uh, that took me out of it a little bit at the start was, um, was um, Moxley's jacket. Oh, it really, but it really wound me up. It oh, was like, is it, an jacket? It, uh, it was, Oh, I love that. oh it, it was poor. It was it was so poor. It was like something that you get off the rack in like um, River Island or like Topshop or something like that. It was it was so like per- mocks perfectly like, it, like perfectly embossed into the back of it and stuff like that. And just the the stuff was all just too perfect and so it needed to be. It, it look it needed to look rugged. It needed to look like something a jacket that someone's worn for ten years and just looked a bit like you know it it, it it just looked like too produced like the makeup department had sat there in the back kind of thing just like putting this thing together perfectly for him to to, to come out in a, a, it it looked he looked too perfect it was like um it was it, it really took it away from me because I was thinking like oh yeah he's gonna come out looking cool as fuck. and then he came out and I was thinking oh god he looks like he's is in an X catalog or something you know he just it didn't um, That's crazy. He, 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 he didn't look step like it did not look like he was off. a man from a, a man from the streets who was wearing like a dirty old you know like you know pro, you know proper hard leather jacket kind of thing he'd
1: Well, who we got left. I thought Moxley
3: looked
0: awesome. (laughs) I'm gonna put my Bryce
3: Beekeeper outfit on now and just hide
1: from the (laughs) explosions.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) thought the jacket was great. Firstly, like I gave Moxley jacket of the night, and that actually pained me because if you're on a show with Jericho and I give you jacket of the night, then you need to call it a day for your career because you have peaked man so hard i mean the opening match jacket that jericho was in was um, like absolutely amazing uh, as a leather jacket connoisseur and then then when mox came out in that one i was like are you kidding me that 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 moxley is wearing that good a jacket i thought he looked so badass and cool um I, like, I wanted him to keep the jacket in the whole match. The only down point I'd give to his entrance was I was so wanting him to have a cigarette, like, so much. And when he went to into his pocket, I really thought he was bringing out a cigarette, but it was a hip flask. But M- Moxley was jacket of the night for me, and jacket of the night is um, a better accolade than match of the night. So I really liked it. I don't think it was, like, too pristine. I think Renee probably worked really fucking hard on that, you know, because... <laughs> A she, she, was a, she,
3: was um, a she was a ruler, she a ruler to make the mocks thing all look it nice. Cool. And everything I so thought he
0: looked so cool, and everything was just like I, I jacket thought he looked like so cool. I thought he <laughs> looked so cool, and I have to say that my leather jacket's not from next. Um, but because <laughs> I no, I'll, I'll say, Gareth, like I I hate people that wear fake leather jackets from the high street, I also hate men that wear round colored leather jackets. Shout out, um, Finn Balor, who wears a lot of round collar leather jackets and I'm like oh no honey no um like I think Jay <laughs> like Jay White's leather jacket is like too shiny and it's given me like a, a fake plastic like feel and if it's fake I'm not interested unless you can get really good vegan leather and it's like a moral thing for you but I, I really liked Moxley's leather jacket I was very excited by Moxley's leather jacket jacket of the it night looked, it
3: looked like it looked like to me like something like the darkness would wear as opposed to something that nirvana would wear or something like that you know it was it you was, can't be using
0: the, you can't be out here using nirvana as a, a as a fucking example of people that are like <laughs> yeah, yeah, of you that, know that, of, that, of that,
3: you know that, real alternative. the
0: jacket real should have looked, the should have looked like they've
3: been like no. lying on a dirty old bed shooting up for weeks like it should you know not, I, not if, like just. If, if he
0: had had like a re, like a really bad roly i think that like that would have added to his look even more but you know the thing about moxley though as a man it's like moxley is not um like moxley is not a a fashion conscious man whether it's like a fashion conscious like to be cool or or he doesn't have he just doesn't have that that in him that's what his
1: wife tells him so
0: no, he does but he doesn't wear what his wife tells him because his wife tells him to stop wearing jeans in bed and buy new <laughs> boots and stuff. Like so he doesn't even go by her advice. He just doesn't have that like that like that kind of gene to to really look into styling. But I thought he did a very good job. I was impressed by his jacket.
3: And and as for his hip flask as well, where he oh, came he out. Couldn't get it open. He, he couldn't it the he couldn't get the lid off. And then I was just like, Oh, look at you. You stood there and you you stood there and you crap jacket and you've got your hip flask and you can't even get the top off i was like oh you've just gone from my like favorite wrestler of the year so now you just look like some bad poser who's like
0: you know hey i'd say moxley would be charging 10 pounds in camden town for a photo with him you know.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he could get himself a better leather jacket there
1: as well. In Canada, <laughs> uh, at the same time, be,
2: uh, kill so two birds in one stone.
1: Why didn't he light a cigarette um, up? That's what I want to know. Why? Why did he insist? On I the did wonder blast? that. Yeah, because uh, were, we yeah, we're not
3: allowed. Because yeah, yeah. the, cig- the, the cigarette would have been better than the explosion be... at the end. And they didn't want to take away from the explosions <laughs> at the end when he like sparked up his lighter. They didn't want to Eddie Kingston to come and dive on him.
2: Should have just got a massive vape underneath for a kind know of much more ethical. Um I was just thinking when he had this with the studs on the back of the jacket, I wish he'd just gone full Homer and just written disco stew on it. Something like <laughs> that. that I, I would have I would have kind of enjoyed That's that. That's going in the show
1: images.
2: <laughs> 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 God knows we all love a bit of disco stew. Um but yeah, the um it was it, in some ways I thought, yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I would like. I I don't have any. Strong I'm not
1: a leather jacket man, jacket. JP. So I was. I was waiting for someone to break this argument. It's not going to be me. I was hoping it'd be you.
2: Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I've I've owned leather jackets. Oh. I don't own a proper leather jacket. So I'm fucking <laughs> keeping well out of this conversation. <laughs> oh wow. It's a herbal tea. And I'm not getting involved. Let these two round. Let mummy and daddy have a rail. I'm it. <laughs> Well, well, you say uh,
0: mommy and daddy
2: (laughs) not in a weird creepy way all
1: right well as uh chris has said in the in the chat as well when it came to the uh, the vape as well it would have uh yeah big show that's big show's gimmick the vape the cigarettes you know you don't want to uh you don't want to step on those toes maybe that's what uh what mockley was thinking as well um any other thoughts on the barbed wire match in general leather jackets anita are the, that I that know I'm, I'm it, spent on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I, again I've
0: given you takes, ideas, booking <laughs> leather jacket like stuff I'm totally spent on that much
1: that's why you're here, it's why you're here. Um, yeah. yeah so you know maybe you know Dynamite we can see a little bit of uh, cover for this and you know like we've all kind of come to the conclusion of you trust AW to to get these things right and put these things right. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, you know, uh, that by the end of Dynamite on Wednesday, we will kind of forget uh, about the end of that match. But while we're hitting the, the big stories, I suppose, on this show, before we do go through the rest of the matches, uh, got to touch on the other thing. You know, we talked about it. The the big build to this show was uh, there was going to be a debut. Well, a couple of debuts, in fact, uh, but a, a big debut, tony khan went out of limb and said it was one of his favorite wrestlers of all time you know paul white himself had said that it was a, a hall of fame level wrestler a lot of speculation over the weekend including on our preview show your preview so stuff um you know like i said mm-hmm. i've got, got, got gareth racing with mention of, uh, of cm punk like uh i went myself into a shoot uh on friday about it potentially being cm punk and then Christian walked out um, to his TNA theme. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm trying to think who would be the high man. Look, the, the TNA theme's fucking fantastic. If we don't use it for this week's spotlight. I'm using it one day. I'm not. I'm not even giving them grief on using that song. It's a great fucking song. Um, I said to you, Steph, like going into this weekend, <clears throat> my unrealistic option was CM Punk. My realistic option, my, I would say the. The lowest end of acceptable for me was Christian because, yeah. for me, I don't really want to see Christian wrestle in twenty twenty one. To be honest, but I do want to see AW stick it to WWE, and I do enjoy that someone who got a big spot in their rumble match. And for- we forget this, you know, it was January, but you know, it was only five weeks ago. He was in the ring yeah. for WWE for a rumble match, and AW have you know of pulled them pulled them away to their company. It's a little bit Monday Night Wars feeling that, um, doing that. So at least we got that but it's still christian <laughs> um is there a positive that's spin a on problem.
0: it Steph? i think the positive spin is if you're taking it in um a wwe wars way because that's i mean that's what i liked about the big show coming over i'm, I'm not coming yeah. for a big show match or even a big show commentary one though he seems like a lovely man i must mm-hmm. say but anyway um it is more like, yeah, they stuck it to WWE. But, you know, yeah, we did do a lot of speculation about who who it could be. <laughs> and for me, with the hype, the only person you could have delivered me was CM Punk to live up to. it. If you'd given me CM Punk, then absolutely. But um, I like uh, Andrew, when I was talking to him earlier, he, he described it as that they maybe, that they did a disservice to Christian. Um, with the hype and I actually agree with him because the 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 big deal of Christian right now is not whether or not you think Christian is Hall of Fame worthy or has had some kind of like all time great career that, that that is not the value of Christian right now, the, the value of Christian is this guy was injured for like how long, like seven years and then he turned up in a rumble five weeks ago and that if you were to just hype that you have, hey, we have a signing coming on Revolution and you won't expect it, then that's totally fine because then when Christian walked out, we could all say, oh my god, Christian was in the rumble, I can't believe he's here but instead I think we were waiting for someone that was going to like be earth shattering and no offence to Christian uh, like he's not, he's, like, he's just not that person so I kind of felt sorry for him and really the Honestly, and I'm not even saying this in a joke way, like Makieto coming out was way more of a good surprise than than Christian. And I think it it got way more of a positive reaction because when I was trying to think, you know, who will replace Rebel in that match, I didn't think of her. And I was genuinely surprised by that. But I wasn't uh, surprised by Christian because that was kind of the... Okay, I, I bet it's Christian. Like that—that's the problem. Instead of being like, if they had said, you know, there's a signing coming, and we could have had a debate of every wrestler that's not under contract, of of who would be good. Maybe a lot of people would have said Christian would be good, but instead the the reaction was just, "Oh, okay, it's Christian," and it's it's, it's almost unfair to Christian, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the question is like, I mean, I'll put it to you. Gareth was the was the, was the hype? Where was it? 'Cause we it's all any of us were talking about, to be fair to them mm-hmm. from Wednesday. It, it, it gave a lot of hype to the pay per view. Tony Khan is known; he goes overboard. Like we know that now, you know, change whatever that change in the business. <laughs> but I love him for going. it
0: because he's so he's so excited. That's <laughs> the thing. Like I overhype things as well that I'm excited about, like Roxy's yeah. leather jacket.
1: But um, <laughs> but it, it's,
0: and and it's it's like the, it's the child and the genuine like like yeah. fanon in, in him. So yeah.
1: it's I suppose the question is: Is it worth? You know, that excitement, that built, it built up, and then we all tuned into the pay-per-view. Like I said before, Christian was kind of on my lower end of acceptable, but still acceptable. Um, I don't know. What do you reckon, Gareth?
3: Like, for me, it was, like, something there where, for it, while it maybe wasn't fair to Christian from a business point of view... Mm. The there's a big surprise this Sunday at the pay-per-view mm. sold more pay per views probably than Christian would ever sell. Yeah. So from a if you're looking at it from a pure business point of view, the the surprise that somebody who's coming in definitely put more cash mm. into AW's coffers mm. than if they'd said Christian's coming in, you know. So so on, on on that basis it worked. Was it a bit of a disappointment? Kind of, but like I think most people are probably like quite accepted. I think when you were like looking on Twitter and things and you were seeing the lists that people were coming up with, I think people were generally struggling and like outside mm. of outside of it being Cena or The Rock, which you knew it definitely wasn't going to be either of those. And then obviously you've got Punk in the mix and Lesnar in the mix. They were probably the two who were like mm, the there's a it's feasible, it's mm. possible that it could be one of those two. Like below that, anybody probably below See if, you know, below Lesnar or Punk was going to be a bit of a disappointment. So I think, kind of, I don't know, you were, it, it, you were like hopeful, I think. You're hopeful rather than expecting. And, and I think there was so much noise out there about it being probably Christian or probably Kurt Angle as the two front runners, really, as the, as the realistic people. I think most people were probably, you know, you were sort of you were expecting that it was going to be the one one of those. So like, while it wasn't like, yeah, run from the hilltops or anything like that. It was it wasn't like something that made you like, oh, fucking AEW, like, you know, bait and switch or anything like that. I don't I don't I don't didn't get that feel from like certainly not from my timeline at the at the time. I think my just biggest issue with it is is that I'm just not interested in seeing Christian. And I, I just to me it just feels like another ex TNA old yeah. person who's coming in and, and, and I, I want, I want AEW to look as least like TNA as it possibly can, not more like TNA, TNA. And even if you look, if you look at things and you just compare like directly edge and Christian like Edge has basically had zero impact on WWE numbers, as not he's he's had a negative impact in some instances as well, <laughs> and he's the better one out of Edge and Christian. So like, so if the better one out of Edge and Christian is having fuck all impact in 2021 on on ratings and things. You don't need Christian actually. He's he's not gonna pop a number. He's you know, he's he's gonna be a good guy there, probably to give advice in the back and things. People are gonna learn a lot from him. He seems like somebody who's got a lot of attention to detail about like the nuances of, you know, putting a match together and you know, little things that work well and, you know, finishes and things like that. But, you know, Christian going in there and having a twenty minute match with whoever, whatever, you know darby allen or kenny omega or whatever not interested really
1: i mean you say I that about I'm the
3: veterans it. yeah
1: like sorry you say that about the veterans yes it's crazy he's going to be backstage as a veteran who can give advice but is that not why tully blanchard's there is that not why arn anderson's there is that not why jerry lynn's there is that not why stings there is that not why big show's there is that not why you know i can go on <laughs> jake yeah, roberts yeah. is there do you need another yeah. one um, sorry, Steph, I mean,
3: I suppose I suppose uh, the argument no. for that is is that at least he can get in the ring, and I think that's you know I've said like yeah. over the weeks on this one of the repeated things here is how Jericho constantly works with the younger talent and like sure. he is, is 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 and probably for some of those younger guys getting to be actually physically in the ring with Christian working in the way that they can't do with Tully Blanchard or they can't do with Arn Anderson, and especially because. They're not getting the same reps that they would get on the on the indies, or they need to get if there was like a regular, you know, house show loop or something like that running. Mm-hmm. Then again, there might be that positive from a, from an in ring standpoint mm-hmm. if it's if they're pairing Christian. With the younger talent, if we get into realms where it's like Sting versus Christian or it's, you know, it's Christian Mm. versus Moxley or things like that, like, where's the value in that? You know, there's nobody needs to see in in reality, you should just be there to be kicking these young lads on and giving them a little bit of a, you know, bit of a star power rub from being in there working with working with him rather than it feeling like Christian's got to be anywhere near the top of that card for a sustained period.
0: I think for for me as an AEW fan, like, the most exciting I can get of someone coming in is someone that is, like, young and fresh and new. And I think that's why Makino coming in was more exciting for me, because... I just you know the way i see aw and what i want for them is to be this place for like exciting new talent so if you want to bring her in like that's that's great like i'll pop for that because that's exciting and someone that we haven't seen before and um even like i wasn't very excited about the other surprise person but i can see the value in him and i would probably see the value in someone uh less you know less well known than him like think for example how cool it was when they brought in Ricky Starks. And that's kind of more the the excitement of, of someone that I want.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm probably of a similar mindset to Gareth about a, a, a lot, oh, of, a no, lot of this stuff. of whereby... thought
0: you'd be made up.
1: <laughs>
2: Well, that for me is part of the problem. What I was reminded by was entirely his debut in TNA because I heard the music and the countdown clock. Straight and he, his again. first appearance, he didn't. He didn't really I think it was just Team Canada t-shirts the first time he appeared and everything else. But it's what do you do with him afterwards, really? Because you you've already got an excess of these kind of legends. Are you hiring him so he can work with the mid-card and the upper mid-card to build them up into being top line stars? I mean, that's a lot of kind of expense and trouble to go to. I think as much as anything, it feels more symbolic. It feels like what you said at the beginning, very Monday night wars, very shot across the bowels. We can take these guys and you know, Wednesday is going to be the test of what he actually means, mm. because that's be the first time he'll have spoken on AEW TV. I wouldn't be surprised if they open up with something along those lines, although they may have to scratch and rethink a lot of that because of the um, the exploding wire uh, death match and having a cover up for that. But that that would have been the kind of standard test. But it's, it's it, it it isn't something that necessarily gets me excited. I suppose. And that might be a result of having seen him in the Royal Rumble. If he wasn't in the Royal Rumble and he just had turned up, you'd be thinking, fuck, what, is he out of retirement? Can he work? There'd be like a real element of intrigue there. We kind of know he's in good shape. We'll know he'll work kind of sporadically because that's the kind of, you know, he's not going to be, I don't see him working there every single week. But at the same time, I, I, yeah, I, it, it, it's it's what can he practically offer and deliver because he wasn't a mover in TNA, was he? He didn't change anything to TNA was. I mean, Kurt Angle was the only other one who did, who I thought he was actually going to end up being and I'm kind of glad that it isn't, to be honest with you. Because mm-hmm. at least, as you guys have all mentioned, there is the potential of, of, sort of more Christian matches. How good are those matches going to be? How much is he really going to bring people on? I'm thinking of people he confused with. The one that immediately springs to mind is MJF. Really, but then MJF is kind of tied up in the Jericho stuff, which is going to kind of get him closer to where he needs to be. So, yeah, I I wish I could be more excited by it, but I have to admit I'm not. But I, you know, I'm open to having my mind changed. But for me personally, he doesn't mean as much as if you're bringing him, if you already have Edge when they tried to sign him last time, and then you brought in Christian, then you think, okay, there's something there that you can kind of really go with with the pair of them. But what is he gonna offer on this show that say a, a Jericho doesn't already do?
1: Yeah, that's it. And I can't exactly say like the segment itself, with like the World on Fire either. I came up with a clipboard, you know? <laughs> so I don't I'm not left with a reason to be excited and, you know, to kind of yeah, I think I agree with all of you really in that in that the the thing for me is he's just it's one too many it is it's it's the Vicky Guerrero problem I think when you when you've got Vicky Guerrero in a prominent place you know not as a wrestler but you know on your TV show that's one too many WBX people for me Christian is one where it's just if anything, he's one too many upper mid-card attacks Like you know, it, it's the the old. I used to have this problem. You know, I always bring it up. Booking, you know, tw cheap plug there. Uh, you, when you have got too many too many wrestlers to do something with it, it's actually hard. And uh, you know, and I kind of but you know, and now shoehorn Christian into some kind of storyline. And like you said, the MJF idea isn't a bad one. But you know, things are that of that nature where these people could be doing something a little bit more interesting. Yeah, it does feel a little bit TNA where you know you 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 do that and your AJ Styles and your Bobby Roode move to the back of the queue. Um, it's going to be a real balancing act um, to get that right. Um, yeah, how, yeah. Is he coming in to put loads of people over? <sighs> Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe he seems like that. He's—he's he's not a dumb fella. You'll he, know this is the reaction. That—that that is one thing I'll say about Chris, yeah. you know, someone who used to listen to his podcast, like he, you know, he'll—he'll he'll be aware of this reaction. He'll be aware of his place yeah. in wrestling. He'll be aware of the fact that he's another forty-something-year-old WWE guy coming in, and he will want to prove those skeptics wrong. But it is a weird question.
3: Yeah, I've got faith in AEW in in the like I say in the way that they've booked Sting, in the way that they've booked Jericho, and you know they've worked with them as well. You know, if you look who Sting's been surrounded by, it's all guys who aren't you know it's Starbella, it's True. it's Team True. Taz and things like that. It's all non ex-WWE guys kind of thing. You know, it's, 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 it's fresh faces. Like I've repeatedly said about, like, Jericho, you look at the guys that is like, mixed with there with the Inner Circle and MJF and the matches that he's had with Jungle Boy and um, Orange Cassidy and everything like that. Jericho has almost, like, exclusively worked with people who haven't been on, you know, main roster WWE in the past as well. So they've got that track record of using the established names to give that rub to the newer, fresher talent and make them look a bit more like stars. And I'm pretty certain that's exactly how they're going to be using Christian. And surely he's self-aware enough at his age when he's, you know, he's what, 47 and he's been out of the ring for that length of time and things like that. You know, he He, 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 should, he probably hasn't got any desire to be the, the world champion or anything like this at this stage. You know, he's probably, you know, you think, and, and again, like you say, he's hearing him on podcasts and things like that, He seems like a pretty smart guy and, you know, he he knows the score. He seems like somebody who actually kept up to date with, like, what was going on in Japan and the Indies and other promotions and things like that. So he's going to know who a lot of these guys are. He's probably just quite excited about working with some different people and just helping kind of establish them and, and, and put them over, really. And if he comes in with that attitude and they can't, you know... then. Then he he can be used to elevate some of these other these other talents, and then that's that's great. And you know, I don't know if it ends up being a a TNT title run or something like that. That's probably going to be a bit more palatable than the uh, you know if he's if he's up there at the top of the card. Yeah
0: you, know. yeah, you have to have faith that they they will do that. Just from from looking at how they've booked Jericho since he lost the title. I mean, since they haven't kept him as like the. Tippy top guy. There's no way they're pushing Christian to be the like absolute you know star number one squash everyone guy of AEW. Yeah,
1: let's hope you know. Uh, and, you know someone's mentioned this at yeah Sting won, but you know that's 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 him getting maybe his final nostalgia matter. We'll get into that match in a bit, but you know uh, I do think that's a different context to, to, to what they're doing with Christian. But I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see um, exactly you know where he slots on the card. Do I think Wednesday is going to be the test, uh, for this stuff exactly? Who is Christian? And like Gareth said, you know, he he does have an answer. he listen, when he this was this is less risk than last time, but when he jumped to impact, you got to remember when he jumped to impact. TNA wasn't even a thing. Nobody had made that jump from WWE. There was no mm-hmm. expectation, you know, of it being, you know, a WWE competitor. He took that jump because he was aware of like the young wrestlers and impact, and he wanted to work with them. Didn't work out perfectly, but you know, that's the kind of attitude he's got. So. He's got that same attitude in AEW. In um, let's hope it's a positive rather than a negative. But we should run through um, the rest of this card um, and, and talk the other stuff that happened. Um, I mean, I'll say briefly before we get into the card itself, do want to mention, yeah, as you said, Steph, the uh, the pre-show match, uh, we did have uh, the other debut, uh, Brit Breaker uh, needing a tag team partner against uh, Thunder Rosa and Riho. And yeah, the people who You uh, want to see your live reaction to that can, uh, can see that in GIF and Twitter, um, yes. uh, particularly. Happy to see uh, mm. Machito, and you know, I think a lot of people have um, uh, share that excitement. Uh, she's someone who got over yeah. um, in that, you know, that that weird AEW women's tournament with the, you know, with the YouTube matches. But you know, good good sign that you know, we might say, oh, criticize Tony Khan for bringing a Christian in, but if you're going to pick somebody um, from that tournament to to bring in and give a shot, she's the one because she's the one that seems to connect um, with their with their universe.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see, you know, that they. it was obviously a quick decision to bring her over. She had just like that day, I think, flown in from Japan or, or the day before. So they saw the reaction, listened to it, brought her in. That's great that people are excited about her. She's a lot of fun. Um, she's... When I saw her in the tournament, I went and watched more of her, just because she intrigued me that much, and that's what I want from a from a new signing. I didn't spend today, or I haven't, you know, spent today watching old Christian matches. But when I first saw Maguito, you know, mm. I, I was checking more of her out. So yeah, I think she, I think she's very good, a good addition.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice feel good uh, way to open the show. Did you catch any of the pre-show, yeah. JP?
2: I did, I watched this. I actually thought this was better than... I think I went three... I might have just gone three stars on this one. Mm. Um, I thought it was... Because what I'd heard... I mean, I remember listening to Voice of Wrestling when they were talking about her and saying that she isn't actually very good. And I hadn't watched any of the um, Eliminator tournament. But I thought she really worked hard and it helped that she was in there against kind of three established wrestlers from sort of like within, within the division. Um, and... It, people who all knew what they were doing as well, especially going up against sort of Rio and, um, and Thunder Rosa as well at the same time. So I kind of enjoyed it. It's it's just like the idle culture stuff is lost on me, Mm. but then loads of stuff is lost on me. You know, (laughs) you know, the things I don't get is like, that's a big fucking book. Um, But ultimately she got over even though I know there was the the issue with the singing and everything else. But once they get that kind of nailed out, there's enough of a character there. And that's kind of what you're looking for. If you're going to put someone on TV is you want to see the character aspects as well. And you want to see whether or not if you have her in dark, is that going to draw different kind of uh, audiences as well and different type of ratings. I know Rio did very kind of well as a drawer initially. Um, so I'm kind of intrigued. And, Rio is someone who I think I'm predisposed not to like, but she's really fucking good, mm. and she's had like a series of of really good, really good matches. So this buy in match, I enjoy Rebel as well. Everything about Britt Baker, I can't, I I am I like because I look at her and I go, this is your kind of your star of the division, and you you just want to have her have those last maybe like one or two feuds to get her ready for going in as a series against Sheda to be the person that dethrones her. Because the idea of her with Rebel by her side, who has got brilliant comic timing
4: mm-hmm.
2: and hit a great crutch shot as well. And I was just like, that was kind of what you wanted to do on a buy-in show to entice people to buy it. You're seeing something different whilst at the same time being worked to a, a good level mm. – there's the the kind of angle in there as well, but it was like a very easy watch, and not always on these buying shows have they got this kind of stuff right. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I went three stars on it. Yeah, yeah, and I just again, it's just been one of
3: the highlights for me for the last couple of months. Has been the. Britt Baker and um, Thunder Rosa stuff as well, you know, so it was good, you know, good seeing them here. Like, and same as you, JP, love that chemistry as an act to the pair, like Britt Baker and Reba together. They, they work so brilliantly off off each other, and, you know, she plays that sort of lackey um, sidekick character down, down perfectly to a t. Even like uh, Makito, like, again, I she's not somebody who I've, you know, seen uh, particularly, uh, but she just came across there as... Somebody who just kind of just just gets it, and you just felt like that in a real crowd setting. She can she's somebody who, from a personality standpoint, could just get mass you know massively over. I know she's gotten over mm. online and within this tournament and things, but in front of a live crowd, the way she was she, the way she worked the crowd that was in there that sparse, spread out crowd, and you could definitely see that she was getting the reactions and things like that you know, if she was in an arena with 10,000 or something, it you, you just really made you feel like she could, um, you know, she could she could be a hot act. And and again, I think that's important as well. Like you sometimes get lost too much yes. in the in-ring work as, you know, but having some unique individual characters there that don't, aren't just generic other wrestler in the division or something like that, then anyone like that who can really stand out with a bit of personality and character is going to be, um, going to be great definitely
1: Uh, the only negative i would say and we can talk about when we get later in the show is they stuck up with a crowd of heels Uh, i find that really odd i'm hoping that's short-lived um yeah i wonder
2: but
0: i think it's um her her character is is almost like because they didn't explain in commentary sorry
1: oblivious maybe to the fact that everyone around is evil if you know what i mean
0: yeah like they explain a commentary that she was in an idol group and got kicked out for being the least popular member which <laughs> is like so great so I think her from what I can see like her character is kind of this idea of um you know and she she is a foul mouth on, on Twitter and stuff so <laughs> it's the idea of like she's so cute to look at but then she's also you know so um uh, like uh, kind of like f- bad girl at heart or at least trying to be with the kind of uh, shock things in the contrast so mm-hmm. yeah i didn't mind it be with the with the heels I, I thought it was good and i could see like brit as brit's character her accepting you know makito as a friend because thinking like this is a naive person i could probably manipulate type mm-hmm. thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah um, so yeah maybe and again you know the big angle if, if you know if and when it does come and she leaves them you know that'll get it even more over her face as well so a yeah. bit, bit odd at the moment but yeah i could see that coming good and um, we then went from that into the main show uh presented by jim ross and a packer of uh, lozenges uh we opened <laughs> up <laughs> but, uh, actually you know before we get into it if if, if Tony Khan can't say no to Jim Ross when he turns up with his voice that bad a state, he's never saying no to Jim Ross, everyone. We've got Jim Ross forever on this, uh, this, uh, this commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, saying that, yeah, you know, get, get into the main show, yeah. That, that, I thought that was notable. Um, although his voice did seem to improve by the second half, although his mood did not, um, based on some of his commentary throughout the show that I've got notes on. Um, what do we all think about this as a presentation of a show as well? I, I, I was shocked, to be honest, because I thought... I think AEW do a good job of making their their shows look unique, especially when it's like a unique Dynamite, and it's like, you know, their theme, and there's a beach theme or whatever. They, they do the WCW thing, they don't go whole hog, and you haven't got to load the gravestones or whatever and go full Halloween Havoc. But they put a bit of effort into making the shows look different. I, I was disappointed in this one. This just felt like Dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else had any thoughts on that.
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, the exact same thought that I had. I think especially because of the, the graphics that they use and the colours that they use for yeah. um, Revolution, it's so mm. sort of like striking that, that, that the way they present those graphics that even just using those colours more within the video walls and things like that, they just didn't seem to do that. Or if they did, it just didn't seem to cut, for, mm. cut through as, um, mm. as as strongly as it's maybe, maybe done in the past. Yeah, it, to me, I totally just felt like I was watching an, an episode of Dynamite when this started
1: yeah surprising yeah and uh yeah it was you know one of those things they usually get right um that maybe they got a little bit wrong but um
0: i would have had whoever uh jazzed up moxley's jacket to just do a bit of extra work in the set (laughs) there you go maybe they they were so
1: busy with that uh, that they didn't get around to it but yeah another another weird you know again it's it's a weird show of like i've got lots of positives but just loads of weird Mm. negatives that i didn't expect to have coming out Um, One thing I will say positive things about, though, is the opener. Young Bucks and Chris Jericho and MJF. Um, Mm -hmm. Personally, I probably would have gone with one of the multi-mans as the opener rather than this. But I think as an opener, it it worked well. Uh, I gave it 3.75 on grapple, so I'm a little bit above uh, the average there. But, you know, a match I really enjoyed. I I felt like, you know, watching it live every time there was a... Every near four for that last five to ten minutes I bought... Uh, and that's as high praise as you can give to, to a match. You know, every one of them felt like a finish. I think they did a really good job of you know, you know, Chris Jericho. Um I'm scared of Stefan after the leather jacket argument, but you know, being a getting a, getting a little bit older, um, you know, there's uh, there's things you've got to uh, you've got to do to in, in matches. Uh, you know, there's the certain matches I think where you know he still shines, and the certain matches where maybe he's not quite as strong. I think I, the layout of this match was was perfect. Um, I think you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, there was that one spot with the um, indie taker where you know he was supposed to catch Nick's legs and he didn't, um, or you know Nick didn't jump far enough to catch him. But other than that, you know he was there for all the big spots. Um, it was part spot match, part story match with the Jericho MDF stuff, and yeah, this really landed in a nice way for me. I, you know, I wouldn't go higher than three point seven five as an opener, but yeah, re- thought it was a, a really strong match and a really good good way to uh, to kick off uh, the card. Uh, where were you on this one, Steph?
0: yeah um this is my favorite match of the night and yes i have rewatched this <laughs> whole show um as well like like sober to give my uh ratings so um i went four in this i thought it was really good um i thought there were there was i, I thought it was i love the story of it where it really seemed like a lot of the time um jericho was being left alone to have like the young buck's team up on him and and do double team moves with him and you know who's better than the young bucks at doing tag team moves and i I, like we can see where the storyline's going like jericho took the pinfall mjf's gonna blame jericho for them for them losing i would say and really take it out on him but at the same time you know if you were jericho you could be like well MJF, like, where were you most of the time? Because you were leaving me in there like so many times to to take like the double offense at of the young bucks. So I think it was very like well laid out uh, storytelling wise. Um, I think the action was good as well. Like you, Benno, I bet on many near falls, and like Sean, and as I'm sure Sean knows from listening to me ramble on so much, um, on my YouTube, I 100 percent thought Jericho and MJF were winning. Um, because I, I, yeah, I thought that they were, you know, maybe gonna do a bit of like a run as a, a cohesive unit, you know, strong tag team together before um, a breakup. And I also thought it was on first so that they would win, so that you would for the um, tag rumble get the get so Santana and Ortiz winning. Mm-hmm. So once they lost, I, I was really shocked. But I, I very much enjoyed this match. I think the Young Bucks are. I, just they're so awesome. Like if you don't like the Young Bucks, you've got like a cornet problem. Uh there's they are just they're they're really good. They're working with two guys here. Um, you no, I think I think Jericho's work is still ten out of ten, but even if even if it was it, it, there's still like Jericho and MJF are not two guys that like totally match the style of the Young Bucks. is not as if they're working with private party or top flight, but the Young Bucks still manage to do all their spots with guys that that, that don't really match them. And yeah, I love the storytelling. What um, per Wardlow took a Judas effect. Uh, and yeah, it was just, it was an exciting match. There was not a, a lot going on. Um, I don't know if I would have put it as the opener, but at the same time, there was enough uh, good spots and stuff in it to, to get you like ramped up. I just, I, I just kind of felt like it felt a bit like you were putting four big stars on too early. Mm. Um, um but of course they they then, you know, we did get a, a promo from MJF and Jericho later mm. too. But yeah, great match. Um great way to start off the show. And yeah, four stars.
1: Huh? Uh, where were you on this one, Gar?
3: Yeah, I really enjoyed this as well. I gave this three point seven five. Um like again I, I was surprised that it opened the show, but I didn't, you know, I, I thought it was good. I, I, I like it when Especially on Dynamite as well. Sometimes the books will have the first match as well, and I think there's almost that kind of like setting the tone for the show mm-hmm. with those. You know, I think they sometimes come out and it's, you know, you know that it's going to be fast paced. You know that it's going to be, you know, sort of um, high action and things like that. And it really just, you know, gets the um, gets the the show you know, rolling really and just gets it into motion. I think the fact that they came out, obviously, that they had the storyline with their dad and they came out a lot more aggressive and, you know, they, they looked like they meant business a bit more really to, to start the match this time. I thought that was that was really good. Obviously, you know, Jericho and MJF cheating to get, get on top and get the better of them. And then, you know, just, um, you know, I thought that was, um you know, again, just worked in nicely as well that them, them two just been a pair of shit back heels and um, Mm -hmm. just like the little spots in there as well, which obviously Jericho taking the pin Jericho accidentally Judas affecting Wardlow and things as a match. I I personally, I I didn't want the books to lose. I feel like they should have kept the belts on them. I wanted this to be some kind of mechanism to get us to the explosion of the, you know, inner circle and um, ultimately Mm -hmm. get to that storyline paying off. that has been, um, going on for quite a long time now really and again they just put their little details in there within this match to make that a you know justifiable thing to probably be happening this 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 Wednesday but um yeah I'll spot on to me great way to start the show
2: yeah I went three and I went three and a half on this which sounds like I'm kind of down in it I'm not I thought he did exactly what he needed to do I don't think we'd be talking about this being so much of the opener if that main event had actually delivered. I think we'd be kind of looking at it and going, what a great way it started the show, and it ended in this kind of crazy way as well. But um, yeah. we're not we're not doing it like that, and I think that's actually part of the issue here. Um, I completely a- a- a agree with what you say in terms of this was more of a mechanism storytelling-wise, but it also allowed the Bucks to kind of be more like the Bucks, so they're being more snarky now, which they're infinitely more enjoyable than when they're being a lot more clean-cut face. That change in act has meant a hell of a lot, and they've just constantly delivered. We forget how astoundingly consistent they are as a tag team, and we take it for granted. Completely take it for granted. Um the things that they offer is, I think when they appear on the opening of a card, it's more almost like saying we're not WWE because this is completely different to everything else that WWE delivers. And because of that, I, like that's the thing that makes you feel like you're watching something else and watching something new and something fresh. Um, I th- like the fact that Jericho lost kind of cleanly because that was the thing that needed to do the storyline, which is he's washed up and over the hill and then MJF will, will take, will take over my, my, I don't want to see into them kind of turning on Jericho. I kind of want to see Jericho loses another big match or something along those lines in the meantime. And then that's the point where they kind of go, ah, right, now he's lost it. Um, Like, in some ways, you still need to be kind of careful with some elements of the storytelling. Mm. You have to move this on, but you can't move it on too quickly because ultimately, this is setting up MJF as your big money heel. So, like, there's a real degree of importance about how you do this and how you get this right. Um, um, but on the whole, I kind of like the direction of it. The thing that I, I think about the inner circle kind of dissection stuff is about how do you get the others to turn on Jericho? That's always the thing that comes down to Christ. How do you get Santana and Ortiz and Hager kind of going over with MJF? Mm. Like, that's how does that storyline work and how do you thread that into the mix because even though they're the background players you can see the jericho mjf stuff off from them from a mile away and better for that because it's that kind of like you're building up to that point but I that's the thing that i kind of worry about because then that's the kind of but if they all just suddenly turn on him next week it'd be like it's a bit too soon for me but
3: I I my personal pref- preference and getting into fantasy booking here with this mm-hmm. would be that it almost just causes just the whole thing to just, you know, just just just, just right. fall apart. In in essence, you know, I could almost see like MJF and Wardlow just been on Jericho and maybe Sammy Guevara coming to make the save and coming back as the babyface Sammy Guevara and him and Jericho been back together and you maybe just get a little run there where you get Jericho and Guevara against um Wardlow and MJF, which means that Wardlow's getting ring time with Jericho as well, and you continue this kind of dynamic of having you know the the newer guys working working with Jericho, and in the meantime, Ortiz and Santana can be like, "Fuck you, you try to push yourselves." You know, both of you has been the, you know, tag teams ahead of me, ahead of us kind of thing. We're the real tag team, and then they maybe just go off in their own little direction and be like, "We're we're fucking on our own two feet now." Like you know screw you a lot you know it's it's done nothing for our career has been tied in with yous and yous have had you tag title shots as Griffin and Jericho mm. and Jericho and MGF and things where's that you know where's ours and that's how I'd like to see it play out that you then the inner circle just isn't a thing anymore and MGF's almost like killed killed this thing that he was trying to you know he wanted to take over but he just kept you know it K- kills it completely which you know in my head that sounds like a great d- direction to to go down but i think it, it from from that point of view it just works in that you maybe just get wardlow working a bit more but also you just get ortiz and santana because i think they're any any longer that they continue to keep them on the frid- fringes it's only just going to become more and more negative for them so you know i think it's about time that they mm-hmm. kind of got a if not the full rocket. You know they, they they do need a little something behind them. I think now just to make them not feel as also runs as they have done for the for the last few months.
0: I would, um, yeah, I'd have MJF obviously turn on Jericho, Sammy Guevara make the save um, for Jericho, um, and then yeah, the inner circle would implode. I think. Uh, Santana and Ortiz do have to do something to establish themselves as a tag team because they're so good and they've they've not really been like given that opportunity. And I think once you get like uh, MJF um, turn on Jericho, you could get more for Wardlow, and I always want more for Wardlow. But I think like Sammy, Sammy's return, I think, should be in a way to to save Jericho because. I don't think that he blames him for what happened. It is all MJF's fault, and that would be nice. And then they could do a bit of a, like, definitely have one match where it's like a Les Gods reunited against MJF and Wardlow. That would be a good Mm. match for Wardlow, you know, to have. And I would definitely blow off MJF and Jericho with some kind of, like, good stipulation match, Mm. like, serious stipulation match that Jericho then wins. And then way, like way further down the line in a kind of unrelated thing. I really want to see Kenny become like this, um, like super villain type with everything he's doing, you know, like collecting all the belts and kind of just like, he's trying to like destroy AEW. So at one point I would set up actually a match between Kenny and Jericho, where he's kind of like, I was the first AEW champion and you, you are, you know, a, disgrace Mm -hmm. to it with your behaviour and still have Kenny win because like you know, he's not the person that should beat beat Kenny. But I think that I think there would be kind of value in that if you if you got him into a good face run. Definitely,
1: there's, there's there's interesting ways to go. Like I, mm. like I said, you know, all your stuff, stuff. Like I think this hasn't all been win. I think there's been some weeks where it's been better than others. The story, but overall, it's an engaging story. I'm interested in. It turns it turns Derek Jericho into a Terry Funk sympathetic character who's on the alts with his own stable. I'll take that. If you know. It goes the other way, and you know, MJF gets kicked out, or Sammy becomes the face, or like Sean said in the chat, it becomes something where you know proud and powerful. um You know, get a you know, it becomes about getting them over. You know, as as, the, as like a babyface tag team, I'd take that too. um You know, Ivan said in the chat, this has gone on a long a long way. There has been six months. You know, it has been a, mm. a long. I, I don't necessarily hate long stories. You know, if they decide to to pull the trigger on Wednesday and we literally get you know in you know town hall segment 57 mjf throws Jericho, you know also also the, also the group yeah, it's not going to surprise me um but yeah i i still think there's a there's a little bit of a bit of legs in that so yeah that'll be an interesting one to uh, to follow as we uh, we go into uh, dynamite this wednesday but yeah up next uh, we had more um tag team action i've got to be honest don't have a huge amount to say about this one myself because you know taw battle royale Oh. Um, yeah, the, the AEW Dark uh, Tag Team Battle Royal. Um, Surprise, John Silver and Taichi didn't come out as a tag team, but, you know, what are you going to do? Um, I'd love that. <laughs> I know you would. Um, but, yeah, um, it was a, yeah if, you, if you're a hardcore Watcher of Dark, it was kind of cool to see some of the teams. I love this. Yeah, there you go. There he is. There's the hardcore Watcher of Dark. Um, I mean, my main thing I was like... Packing Phoenix, Pack and yeah, Phoenix as a team. Why? Mm. Uh, other than that, though, yeah, this feels like the JP match. Go on, JP, take it away. Do you love this thing?
2: Do you know I did because it did exactly what it needed to do. There's loads of people in this who you don't really know. And it just set up loads of storylines for little feuds that can happen on Dark and on the undercard of Dynamite. And I'm perfectly fine with that because it's also the sheer, I love tag team wrestling. And the, like, I can remember thinking that Survivor Series match that they had where they had five tag teams on either side. I thought, bloody hell, that's excessive. Gee, well, nothing on this. Top Flight <laughs> weren't in this. Like, you know, there are tag teams who weren't in this match, several tag teams who weren't in this match. And that really says something. When they said they were going to make focus on tag team wrestling... Yeah, they weren't fucking lying. They were they were very much sort of like telling the truth about that. But I found myself like, you, you know, was it like amazing work? No, it wasn't about And there's a couple of like the Evil Uno spot. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I know. It's just bad. But at the same time, there were people who were given a chance to, to kind of shine. And people like Anna, Alan Angels at the beginning looked kind of really good um bear country had a couple of kind of big spots I don't really don't know anything about bear country but they yeah had a couple of spots in there the way i want to think of who it was the bunny helped get rid of on one of the, the the things there was there was like there were little things that they did that just made people seem that little bit bigger and it was actually interesting seeing this crowd react to john silver who came across like a like a a star, frankly, Mm. um, really reacted. They really wanted him to win. He's great as just a really powerful underdog. You kind of forget this guy's actually a good wrestler. And you know, the character stuff at times can be a bit much for me, Mm. but like, you know, it very much feels like they kind of lean too heavily into it, but I don't blame them for doing it. And generally people are enjoying it. And if it's, if your main audience are enjoying it, that's kind of the key thing, not what I think about it. Um, but, and then I loved the bit, um, between Phoenix and, um, jungle boy at the end, it just all went a bit fucking batshit for like two minutes. So I thought as far as these battle royals do, I'll say, once I say it again, they do battle royals better than anyone else. They really do. And this was just another example of it. It wasn't reinventing the wheel. I went 3.25 on it. Sounds like I'm going fucking, but that was my match of the night. I, I enjoyed this, and I've hated many many um, battle rules in the past.
3: I mean Gareth, yeah, on, I enjoyed on this. an island on this one. Yeah, I, no, I enjoyed this. I gave it, I give it three star, and you know, I think you've covered off me a lot of the, the main points that I would have said there, JP. So I don't, I don't need to go over them again. I think the the main thing that he just emphasised for me was, as you know, I, I said I last week or the week before. I just really want to see a TNT tag team title, and this mm. match just really, really emphasised that. That you had, what was this? Was this fourteen teams here in this in, the, in this match? It made, you know, give or take, the, like you say, there was other teams that weren't even on this. Fucking hell, they need another belt, and you know, all you know, all these. Whether it's on dark, they're competing against each other for it. We can bleed into oh. pay per views and bleed into dynamite and things like that. It would just mm. be perfect. Perfect and, for dark. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and just give it, just given, you know, obviously when I tweeted that you replied with the young pistols uh, <laughs> picture there Benno, on on Twitter, I was thinking of like, you know, Z man and flying Brian and things like that on mm. the belts back in the day and things yeah. just, yeah, just, just given, just being able to maybe switch the belts around a bit more and just give, you know, just work storylines between these, the, these guys a lot more because the more that can get them working with each other, they build that chemistry with each other, it gives them a bit more long-term direction. And then ultimately you can see, all right, who are the ones that we want to push in and be taken on the books or Mm taken on FTR or whoever happens to have the belts further down the line at the, at the top end in the future. And it just, it it just helps set people appropriately for it because otherwise you've just got guys having random tag team matches against each other on dark or whatever new shows they are you know it's 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 a it's a it's again it's a mechanism that they they can use and I, I really think they should use I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be gold and the other th- only thing I, I don't think you mentioned there JP was the the QT Marshall just um, oh. in telling him off and QT spitting the dummy and leaving and which yeah, on the back of that interview the the week with Lee where Lee Johnson was thanking everybody and QT was in the background and kind of like he didn't get thanked, you know, as part of the, the Nightmare family. It was just nice that you had that subtlety kind of leading to this. And again, I'm not, not a Q2 Marshall fan, but even at the lowest sort of undercard level, that you've just got little storylines like this weaving its way in that'll probably play out on dark over the next couple of months and things like that. Great stuff. It just sort of shows that attention to detail storytelling and again, rewarding you just for paying a little bit of attention.
1: Definitely. And I, I, the thing I'll say for the match, it was the match that rewarded you for investment in the, like these younger wrestlers. You know, I know you know for example, you know, you staff, you're going to be high on you know the dark or usage in this match, and you know how how prevalent they were in this thing. Um, you know, for me, just you know, the the moment Jungle Boy came into the match, you know, it lit things up. You'll get to see Jungle Boy and Phoenix go. Back and forth with each other was uh, was was great too. Um, so there was a lot of a lot a lot to enjoy, I suppose, as far as little moments go in this one. And yeah, you know, again, want to reward the uh, the hardcore AW fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed it. I did enjoy the, the amount of dark order in it, hmm. um, and I just feel like <laughs> and maybe it goes into like what we were talking about with with Pride and Powerful. Hmm. Uh, their their tag team division is so good like it's almost too good like they've got too many <laughs> um mm-hmm. and but this was just a fun match and i think it did set up some interesting singles thing things you you do have jungle boy there who's just an, an absolute future star and seeing him go with ray phoenix was awesome um i kind of now want to see jungle boy have a match with someone like phoenix who's a bit you know, scary compared to Jungle Boy. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It was a great showcase of all their, their tag team talent. And I think it's more fun to do than just, you know, random singles battle role. Yeah, definitely.
1: It, yeah.
2: Th- what, one of the things I would add, I mean, and obviously I you know, love Phoenix and pack and I'm sure I like, I'm looking forward to the match, match, match between Nick Jackson and um, Phoenix. They're having on dynamite this week one thing this show missed and we're going to go into it was that killer kind of wrestling match. Mm. And you've got guys like Phoenix and pack in this match mm. who do and you need to have them thing. going for a tag shot? Mm. Yeah. Like that's, that was the thing that was kind of like one of those things that was missing was that kind of well, I absolute was in the ladder killer match. Not
1: Phoenix. Like I don't understand that. I don't understand why you go that way around.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I felt the same way, but for me, it was the the, like that was, that's one of the other things. Everyone else being in this match, I'm absolutely fine with uh, issue really in there at all. I mean, even Jungle Boy, who always comes across as a star, like he again, he's your long, he's part of your long term project. Like him and MJF, that's you know, you've you've got that core of sort of three or four there. But yeah, seeing Phoenix and Pack in this when you know there there would have been the potential of having a, a kind of killer match involving them separately from it, but anyway.
1: Indeed. Um, Well, next up, we had uh, Ryo Mizunami and Hikaru Shida uh, for the AW women's title. Um, Yeah, this is one where... You know, I went two point seven five on the last one. I went three on this, uh, three point two five. In fact, I, I was it was one of, again another one of those hovering over the button matches. Mm-hmm. I think there were things they did in this match that were really good and kind of next level, and there were things in this match where clearly things broke down. In that way, it reminded me of the, uh, the 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 Phoenix Lance Archer match um, from Dynamite the other week, where you know it was great. But it was kind of how much to a punish it for a couple of the weird botches where they both kind of just stopped and, and stared at each other for moments in this one. Um, I still had a good time watching it, though. 3.25 is no slight. Um, yeah, where did you guys go on this one, I suppose? Uh, to you first, JP? What, what, how were you feeling on this?
2: I went 3.25 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, again, like you, there was things... When it was good, it was very good. Mm-hmm. And it felt like they were really sort of cooking with gas. Um, but then I think it was also five minutes too long. Mm. I think there was a kind of point where it, it felt like it was dragging towards the end and I can't, the dancing rubbish was such a disconnect for me. Like it just doesn't like, it's like meant to be a wrestling for the world title and you're doing this unnecessary dancing and it makes Shida look silly because she's just in a corner waiting for her to run in and, and do those chops, mm. which let's face it, like compared to Kojima, they look shit. <laughs> um, and so I like, I've seen Hikaru Shida have better matches in this. It's not mm. that say Ryu, Ryu, is an army bad or anything else like that. I just think if you repackaged her as somewhat of a sort of like killer upper mid card heel, mm. then I think you'd really have something there. But like, he just sort of, I mean, maybe that's just me and I'm, I'm, I'm not getting the character, but it it just meant that you had a kind of very, for me, it was just like a stop-start match. And you mentioned about the botches as as well, and it's just about those points when it did feel really, really clunky. Yeah, and then I was just sort of taken out of those moments. So, yeah, 3.25. How
1: about you, Steph?
0: Um, sorry. Uh, I would... <laughs> Look, honestly, guys, I'm having my dinner.
1: <laughs> Look, you've been good words, I've this been wondering that for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go to Gareth first?
0: No, what, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> I'm having a cheap Tesco pizza because it's all I had time to. All I had time to get. I went to the Tesco uh, up the road for me at. Um, like a quarter to seven knowing that i had to do a live stream at 7 30 so yeah and i still it's not until now that i actually cooked it um anyway i went um Look, we've got a long history match.
1: of eating on this podcast joe jp will say when uh, <laughs> when joe used to be uh, around the joe like jp's the amount of edit nice to do to, to, to cut that stuff out <laughs> no respect jp no hey, respect boy. for the listeners <laughs> no none at all it's so, yeah, you're fine Steph don't worry about it right. sorry
0: <laughs> um, yeah this is a, a three star match for me I think the um, commentary uh, and by commentary I mean Excalibur did a good job at explaining their history and putting something you know into it um, mm-hmm. to give you a little bit of investment considering Mizunami we haven't seen her in ages until the tournament she just won a tournament to um to face Sheeta and she didn't even, you know, have the other than that little bit of, of in dynamite, the interaction last week, she didn't have like the two, or three weeks that MJF and Jericho had to make it something more than just a tournament win. Mm. So I thought that that was really well done. Um I think she's she's great and works like works so much better when she's transported out of the the, the no, you know, aren't the emptiness and silence at that was the Japanese side of the tournament? She mm. she does come across like a much bigger deal, but yeah, I I thought it was a good match. Um, I think there's there's more they can do between them. Um, as far as explaining their story because they all obviously have so much history together. Mm. And I did you know for a bit think that maybe Sheeta would lose just because she has been champion for so long and they've gone to the trouble of bringing Ms. Nami over. But yeah, I mean Sheeta's just she just delivers good solid matches mm. um mm. she's just like that solid worker mm. um I think she we're just looking for that opponent that she can really great really do something with you know storyline wise and mm. that will kind of break her out
1: yeah I think that's a little bit what she's missing because she's been champion for so <laughs> long um that like yeah I, She's been a little bit kind of dwarfed by it, if anything, because I I feel like the AW Women's Division has improved leaps and bounds since this time last year, um, and the people around her are getting better. But she's not really the person... You know, she's the champion, and she's not really the person we're ever really hugely talking about. Um, But, yeah, you know, again, I, I... i didn't love the match i went 3.25 probably could have given it a three to be honest as a gentleman's three but you know yeah to the point Garrett. Uh, the grapple average is 3.57 so the users um certainly enjoyed this one um and yeah it's you know where were you on this one? Oh, oh you're on mute this
3: for me this because like I'm normally the high man on Sheeta. like when we when we talk about Sheeta matches yeah. I'm um, the one like wax a miracle about her but I, I've gone 2.75 like mm. I I just I thought this was it was poor I thought it was one of the worst that I've the, 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 that I've, I've seen her and I think it was I don't know. I think that opponent had a big part to play in it. The JP's mm-hmm. touched upon it. Just things like the, oh, just at the start, there was God awful chops in the corner that just, oh, mm-hmm. that looks woeful. They just look terrible. It just took me like right out of it. Um, that the whole character side of things I can accept like a good character but it just it didn't come across like a good character it just came across like real low rent and it did it did pick up in the middle and it did get a bit more hard hitting and I was starting to enjoy it more at that point but then at the end it was like too it was too much by the end it was like another near fall and another and then like it was um like Another Tomashi, and it, like, it was just like, I was like, come, come on. The, I, one of you two you said, said before, yeah, one of one of you said this has gone like five minutes too long, I think you, you said earlier, and that was exactly the way I felt at the end. I was just like, you're just diminishing now what you've built back up in the middle here because it's just like dragging and dragging. And I say i got like went 2.75, but just kind of almost just build on that point that you was referencing there. I just, I, I feel like she does, as, as great as she is in ring, And with the right opponent, she can have some absolute, like, banger matches. I just feel like they've, like, let her down in this champion run. It almost feels a bit like, you know, when, like, CM Punk had that run and it was like, you're the champion, but you're not really kind of thing. Was it like Triple H sort of saying? And it almost feels a bit like with her. She doesn't feel like the biggest star in the women's division, like Britt Baker does, or the weight Mm -hmm. that's been put behind her from a storyline point of view. And, like, you look at the feuds that she does had since she's had the belt Mm. the only thing that they've really built as any kind of feud was that like abaddon feud (laughs) that they that they built that was you know that was absolutely god-awful because at the the end of the day it was it was abaddon but even like if you go back to like the last pay-per-view like full gear Mm. it was nyla rose that she faced and and that was like pretty much just like shoehorned in in the like the week of the show like i Mm. remember us complaining at the time that there was no build to it or anything there was no storyline behind it and then and then after this match, Nyla Rose attacks her, and it's like, oh, so you're going back to Nyla Rose, who she won the belt off, who you've had face her at full gear, and now you're going to try and build some element of storyline around it there later. It felt a bit kind of, I don't know, ass about it. You know, it was just all a bit like back to front and things and the way that things have been built, and it just just, um, I don't know. I, I, I almost kind of feel now like the need to... Make that change and then maybe a second run with the belt when they have, when it's not been during this, you know, Mm. pandemic period where they haven't had the same consistency of talent to be able to book and build storylines within the women's division. Like, I almost feel like now, like, you need a run with like Britt Baker on top with like Thunder Rosa chasing her or something like that for the belt. And then Sheida can come back in at a a later date because I don't know, it just doesn't feel. It, it doesn't feel like for as long as she's had the belt, like coming up for 12 months, it doesn't feel like it's been a hot title run. That's elevated the, the, the belt beyond, um, beyond the old standalone match where she's, you know, she's, she's turned it on. The Drew
1: McIntyre problem, mate, the same thing, you know, she needs to <laughs>
3: give it a WrestleMania moment. <laughs> don't, don't. Don't give her that. Don't tie her with that brush. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Poor girl. I won't do that to her. But yeah, I I know what you mean. You'd be forgiven for getting she's the champion uh, at times, which isn't a good sign. But again, I think there's there's positive signs around the AW Women's Division. I just think they need to get the pieces in the right places. And Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, maybe that'd be the way to do it. But... Yeah, swiftly moving on, um, as we still do have uh, four matches to get through. One of these, though, isn't really a match. Um, Miro and Kip Sabian Oof. against Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Can't imagine we're spending this long on this one, folks. Miro didn't turn on Kip Sabian and eat him for dinner. Therefore, I don't care, is kind of my thoughts on this thing. Um, Agreed. Yeah, that's all I want, yeah. and I'm never getting it. Instead, we got a shitty angle with Chuck Taylor, and then Orange Cassidy came off with the save, and then something resembling a match. Miro went over strong that's the positive point coming out of this thing, but barely a match for me. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's like, yeah, I think even giving it a gentleman's three um, would be too much for me. I just, yeah, didn't really connect for me, but this whole thing doesn't connect for me. 1.5 on grapple for me. That's uh that's how low I went on this one. Everyone's
2: think. lost something in this feud. Orange Cassidy has cooled off <laughs> yeah, as yeah. well. Um, best friends. Mm. If you think of the, of the backyard match they had as well. They've mm. called off. Mm. Um, I don't know whether or not it's the Kip Sabian kryptonite effect on this. <laughs> that if you just Remember Cody there, came to the UK instantly.
1: at the height of the Brit Resboot? Someone said this on Twitter. I can't remember where I'm stealing it from. The height of the Brit res Boom came to the UK and was like, Kip Sabian, that's my guy. I'm going to take him back to the US and make him a star. What? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah.
2: Don't it's happen, It's does. death. Mm. It's absolute death, Mm. and this feud is death, Mm. and it doesn't feel like it's over. Mm. It's like they're carrying on. It's like, have you brought him in to have months long feud Mm. primarily with Chuck Taylor? Mm. That's what you're you're doing when you bring (laughs) in Rusev. Like that's that's abysmal. I can kind of accept it in the bigger like being positive about AEW because there's so many of these interlinking parts. Not all of them are going to be like for you but this one is just one they've just fucked it from the beginning it's been fucked him and them it's just bad and it feels like it's carrying on i went two stars i don't know why i went two stars Mm. this was the point last night where i went right i'm off to sleep and i'll catch the rest of this in the morning and yeah in the morning it was on my eyes seemed to view bits of this but it was just Fucking dull as dishwater in a storyline I could give less of a shit about.
1: Yeah. Anything to add, Gareth or Steph? I can't imagine you do. That sums it up. To, to, yeah,
3: I give it two point two five average on the apps. Two point four one. Got That's nothing cool. to say about the match other than Miro just looked in fucking fabulous. Nick, His, <laughs> he the, yes. the, the, the shape he was in was fantastic, and you know? it's yeah. uh, you just look at him, and I, I just still I can't let go of this hope that again they're gonna they're gonna pivot out of this and he's a fucking monster. He's a monster and you should be book, you know, he, he, he should be booked like one and fingers crossed it's coming down the line because he's too good and he looks too good to be uh to be to be stuck doing doing this shit. For sure, for sure. And
0: my only take is like I would have put this on the pre on the pre show and put Mark Edo debuting on the main show because totally uh, at least she got a good reception. This yeah. this was nothing. Mm. Absolutely nothing.
3: Yeah. Good
1: didn't, show. Didn't belong on the show at all. Um, speaking of not belonging on the show, <laughs> we're getting some of the low points here. Uh, Matt Hardy uh, and Hangwell Adam Page. Um, I, I, you know, I haven't got an exact time on this thing. What did it go? Like 15, 20 minutes? That's 15, 20 minutes of Matt Hardy I don't need in 2021. Yeah. I get it. Like the rumor is uh, Brodie Lee was supposed to be Adam Page's opponent for this show. Fair enough. You know, they slotted Matt Hardy into the slot. But it hasn't worked. I heard Meltzer on his radio show this morning talking about, oh, yeah, my Hardy's finally found a character in AEW that worked. No, he hasn't. It's still terrible. Um, yeah, but it gave us the nice moments with Hangman Page and the Dark Order. I will, you know, JR did his mm. best to kill that moment um, by literally his commentary call. How convenient that when they were in the right place to catch him. It was like, just fuck off jim you know with your sore throat like just piss off fucking haven't been good in 20 years um but like yeah that that wound me up but we did get a nice we got a nice you know moment uh with adam page in the dark order that's my biggest takeaway out of that don't need to see my hardy wrestling 20-minute matches in 2021 sorry just there's no place for him on this roster i don't think um and it's been proven time and time again
3: Yeah, I, I totally conquer. I just think there's it's yeah. got zero value. It's it's one of these guys where, again, you, you think, you know, mm. cycle that contract through and just get it, you know, get it, get him off TV, okay? yeah. you know, because there's there's literally adding no value here. And you're saying that's a 50, mm. 15 to twenty minute match. I'm looking at my notes on it, and I've literally written my, man's dead eye, private party interfere. Dark Order help Hangman Bookshop one two three and that's basically (laughs) two stars. uh, You know that's you know all all you need to all need to know about that match and it's just Mm -hmm. and 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 irrelevance and it's you know it doesn't um, it doesn't do Hangman any good to be paired with with Maadi. I'm just grateful that he got the win because that means that he can move on from this and it's not something where he's going to get stuck in a you know three match feud with with Maadi. Hopefully.
0: I think, like, I absolutely love Hangman so much, and I think he's going to end up um, having one of the greatest, like, character arcs ever. Mm. If you take him from mm. when he was put in, in that Jericho match to when he eventually dethrones Kenny, mm. and this storyline, I'm so invested in the Dark Order. I'm so invested in Hangman. Mm. Uh, I really get, I get really into it and really emotional, and I'm just like. The other person in this feud, the person from Hangman to feud with, could have literally been anyone, because it's not what it's about. It's all about Hangman and Dark Order. So I wouldn't have given the spot to Matt Hardy. Uh, I I would have picked someone else on the roster Mm -hmm. um, to be, like, to to just, to literally be the to literally be the bad guy to go against Hangman Page, who has a group of lovely guys trying to prove to him that they <laughs> truly like love him, uh, it could have been anyone. So I kind of wish he wasn't Matt Hardy because I, I want like I-, I want more for Page. I don't want to be reviewing a, a pay per view and saying that Page's match was not. Interesting or not good, yeah. I don't want that for him. So yeah, I would have just, I, I would have switched him out for anyone.
1: Hey, Steph, I'll always say you and uh, you and Gareth were the first on that Dark Order train, that that John Silver train.
0: You know, mm-hmm. was, uh, mm-hmm.
1: his two biggest fans I know. Um, the best hot
3: tag in the business, John Silver. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a man! I'll even put a in. Here. Just just give him an exhibition match with that. He's a
3: the thing. new Robert Gibbs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: Yeah, my main thought was you lose this and you use the Miro stuff before mm. and you've got a two hour 45 minute show mm. and that's what you should be doing around this era mm. like there's there's no reason for that, that's half an hour you lose and you lose
3: nothing. I definitely would have traded them two matches for an extra hour's sleep last night, definitely
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. All would, we all would uh, shorter cards the better in pandemic uh, era um, <laughs> up next then we had our, our ladder match um, the face of the revolution on match no less Max Car- Castell Lance Archer Cody Rhodes Scorpio Sky Penta El Zero Miedo and Orlego Ethan Page um, I think he again probably the heaviest rumoured person as far as you know being the uh, the guy in this match the, the surprise in this mm. match um, yeah, I know, JP, you watch a lot of Impact. Uh, what do you make of uh, Ethan Page coming into coming to AW? He's burnt every bridge in every other company, so why not yeah. make an Impact and come over here? But in all seriousness, he's someone who, he's all, I've always thought he was an AW guy. You know, he was on All Out, yeah. or All In, or whichever one it was, the one that wasn't the AW one, All In. Um, you know, he is um, a yeah. Cody Rhodes wrestler if I ever, ever saw one. He's, he, he's very similar to mjf in that way he's a promo you know he's not he's not he's good mm-hmm. in ring but he's a promo one of my favorite indie feuds of all time is him in darby allen um you can do that again in mm-hmm. AEW. uh i think he's a great sign and you know maybe building him up as this big surprise and then maybe the people who aren't familiar with all that stuff might be a little bit let down um but all in all i think a good spot for him and yeah i was happy to see him in aw
2: yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it, with him? I mean, because it kind of comes down to it, the potential for mm-hmm. what you could do with him, because he is a hell of a promo, mm-hmm. is kind of really intriguing if you put him in that kind of feud with Cody. And they very, like, Scalaber referencing the Darby Allin stuff straight away is interesting as well. It doesn't but say the way to evolve.
1: how many much- points. <laughs> no, no, <understandable>. no, exactly.
2: <laughs> well, and, and at least now with Impact, one of the kind of little bonuses they've got is little bits of footage, mm-hmm. like they yeah. used of... People, things like sting So you've got that to be able to kind of introduce and do some character stuff as well. I think I think that's a that's a kind of good shout. Mm. One of the problems is is you bring him in with Josh Alexander and you got yourself another, a really good tag team. Now we would argue do they need another really good tag team in there? But they were really good. They were like one of the kind of constant highlights of it. And I have to say, from an in ring perspective, that's primarily down to Josh Alexander, really. Mm. Than than Ethan Page, who I've always thought is, is kind of okay, really. He's, he's he's kind of fine, but he's a hell of a promo. And if he they are, and if he allows himself to kind of listen to some of the advice, which is what I suspected, it doesn't always go on with him, and he kind of ends up butting heads. Then he really could do something if you produce him in the in the right direction. Like even if he's part of you know just running his mouth and the rest of it, I think you can get like kind of good bits of TV from that, and he kind of works off the cuff as well. Um, he's not like, I I mean, it's, it's, his stuff and kind of impact is kind of very good from that kind of pro wrestling stuff. But then he ends up doing like karate man and shit like that. And keep him away from that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. I mean, I have to say for this match, I mean, I, I, I just struggle with ladder matches, especially one where you've got like a, a giant fucking cheerio above the ring. (laughs) Um, Um, like, uh, (laughs) <laughs> or I don't know an invisible giant's asshole. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't <laughs> know I was going to go with okay. Cochran <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Cochrane. Um, That's what I was,
3: I was thinking. I was thinking last night it was Cochrane on a poll match, and it was going to be Vince Russo was the Hall of Worthy uh Hall, Hall of Fame worthy candidate that they signed because it, uh, it looked like a bit of his book. <laughs>
2: Chris, Chris Elliott in the chat says there's a ring from Sonic the Hedgehog it also looked like something you put on the toilet seat if you've got like your your arse is in absolute fucking trouble and you're struggling <laughs> to sit down like I've not used one by the way it's, but like it you kind of looked closer to that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it was weird any any <laughs> any, on to, any thoughts on the match itself anyone um, yeah long, long Cody entry angle it was fine it was a ladder match was what it was. Fine.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I I get the impression Scorpio Sky's. I wouldn't be that surprised to see him win the title from Darby Allen. Mm. I know that sounds uh, a bit silly, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, and he ends up joining Team Taz or something like that. I think there's there was a, like a couple of things that Taz had said on. Co- uh, I don't know. He wasn't in commentary on this. Way he, he, they were mentioning my good friend Scorpio Sky a lot in the in the cinematic match, and I tend to think is that going to be kind of deliberate. But anyway.
3: He was, he was be being surprised. heelish when he was on commentary, wasn't he? On, on very was yeah. it on last dynamite, wasn't it? His, either the most likable babyface very... in
1: the world, or he was a heel. It was one of the two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: um, I wouldn't yeah. I would be surprised if Darby's not able to compete on Wednesday because mm-hmm. they said they'll take the title off him if he can't compete, mm-hmm. and it goes to Sky that way to like proper establish him as a heel, and then he can align with Team Taz, and then they've really got one over on Darby because he lost his title without even mm-hmm. actually losing it.
1: Mm. yeah that could be the way they go um, but yeah a surprising winner you know um, you know for <laughs> You, you you often think the surprise is gonna win this thing, you know, so maybe you know. Oh I picked him. Yeah. Oh there you go. There you go. There you go. JP. Yeah, you know what you caught it on. You go. you got one. Run. You got one on Friday. One <laughs> <Want. laughs> But yeah, other than that, it was a two and a half star ladder match and why they needed they felt the need to do the code the injury angle and have him sit at the stage the entire match, I don't know. Um, yeah. Again because
0: I think I don't think you didn't miss Battle royal
1: in the same show. it's kind of a main point. I'm
0: sorry. I think it's kind of the reason of like why did Cody actually need to be in this match. They just have to mm. keep him in the the TNT title thing because really, mm. when you've had a massive match with Shaq on Dynamite and Wednesday, mm. like feel free to take the Sunday off. <laughs> but they, you know, they put him in that match and then they they did that angle. So like, there's some attention on him. But yeah, I think it's just the the TNT title is kind of always going to orbit around Cody, isn't it? Forever.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is true. Obviously, if anything, I was shocked he didn't win. Um, but yeah, anyone go hiding two and a half stars on it?
3: No, no, I'd give, give it three, but I don't know why.
1: point <laughs> three, 3. six <laughs> <laughs> is the average. It was probably about three AM. AM. No. Two and, two and a half to three. Yeah. You know,
3: it's in that, it's in that ballpark. It was, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. yeah. What's Mel to give it four point two five now because there's a ladder in it? Um, <laughs> <bet> yeah. <Observe laughs> on. JP will cover it on the weekend show. We'll be waiting for that rating to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of uh, contentious star ratings, I think this one, next one, might be a bit contentious because I've seen all over on the grapple app uh, for this one. Although still coming out with a a relatively high rating. We're talking, and you mentioned there, you know, Darby Allen potentially being injured for Dynamite this week. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting against Ricky Starks and Brian Cage in our, you know, quote quote unquote cinematic match. yeah, it's uh, it does seem to be seriously dividing opinion as these matches do. Um, to me, you either you either Undertaker and AJ, or you you know do what you know Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Like they're they're the two extremes for me. Like these these matches, um, I think this came in the the upper end. I did enjoy it. There were things I didn't love about it I didn't love the music I didn't love them putting commentary over it I think you've got to, yeah I don't think you needed the the commentary to be honest I think if anything it was a distraction yeah maybe pick music or commentary maybe that's a maybe that's a way to go um but I, th- I thought it was creative enough Darby Allen is you know a, a you know, Tony Car he's speaking to, you know, to yourself Steph and uh, the other journos on the conference call talking about how you know he refers to Darby Allen as a filmmaker because that's what he is you know you can mm-hmm. his fingerprints are all over this Darby Allen actually said in an interview um that he he'd, been two weeks um he spent not sleeping <laughs> to put this thing together and I believe him it's believe Darby that. Allen he's a <laughs> he's a nutter and he's gone and um, this was Darby Allen the match and everyone else just slotted in uh, into position um I thought he did a really good job slightly disappointed in maybe not getting Sting and ring but based on this show and i feel like it, it might su- still we might still get that um i liked it i went 3.75 on grapple notably above the average of uh, 3.54 but i've seen fives i've seen ones i've seen twos i've seen fours um it's it's one of those matches um where were you on this one steph
0: um, this one I do find it hard to rate cinematic matches, but if I was pushed to rate one, I'd go like between three point seven five and a four. Mm. Um, so when it comes to the cinematic stuff or anything like um, unusual, shall we say, in wrestling, like uh, pe- people people that hear me on on Wrestle Talk know how much I shit on the Fiend and I hate <laughs> him like with a passion, mm. um, and because to me. Uh, I don't want to be in a fantasy land inside the head of Bray Wyatt or his, like, swamp. Mm. I want grinding in reality, and I will still stand by that I can um, I can believe a lot of uh, 90s Undertaker stuff, but mm. I can't believe what anything The Fiend does. So if it comes <laughs> to, like, the Boneyard match, like, that's cool with me. I, I totally think those guys would go wrestle in that setting. Um, and it's fine. And even if you take something like The Dinner Debonair, I, I totally believe those two would p- put on a musical production together. That's fine. So when it comes to Sting and Darby doing this, yeah, I think they would fight in some dark warehouse with uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Um, so as far as it goes that way, like, absolutely fine. I had no problem with the match at all. I thought it was great. Um, I had a small bit of worry at the start when I saw Starks and Kate just like with the car. I was I was kind of <laughs> like, oh no! And then, but where then we got to Darby, and he was it's just so cool. You know, it was it was cool. so it was so goth. Yeah. I love his entrance music so much. So playing that like as a music video was amazing. I loved all the people in sting masks. Um, I thought that. I thought it was what I wanted it to be, and it was a match uh, worthy of Sting that fits the the canon of Sting's character. It wasn't a disgrace like his WrestleMania match with Triple H. Um, it it rewarded you if you're a fan of Sting. If you watched Sting back in the day, um, he was cool. He was like dark, mysterious, a bit sexy. That's the Sting I remember. The Sting I remember is like not a fucking guy that had. NWO people running out for him while DX was in there. Like, that's oh, <laughs> that's not my guy. <laughs> so, I really liked it. I thought, yeah, I, I just wanted it to be a match worthy of Sting, and it was. I think it was a very well-done cinematic match. They put a lot into it. They put a lot into making sure there was always stuff going on so you weren't... So, you didn't get the feeling that it was filmed, like, spot by spot, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. okay, Sting and Brian Cage are doing something now, so everyone like, stand back, it felt like you, you were actually watching a fight that that was being filmed rather than they were fighting for it to be filmed, if you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. I thought it was so cool. Darby's theme is great. Darby's so cool. Um, I trust them with their handling of Darby to, to market him and bring in the kind of people that are going to like Darby Because that's not what WWE did with, with CM Punk mm. But like Darby Darby's going to go out and get the cool kids And finally bring them to wrestling
1: <laughs> <laughs> I believe I believe uh, where were you on this one, Gareth? I, I saw you did a, a tweet about uh, it. All what was it? All, all, it, all it would take is uh, to see Bruce Pritchard on the toilet or something like that as the uh, as the, the pick up <laughs> in this match. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> which left me questioning. Uh, what did you think of this one? I mean, for me, yeah. I it was more on the Undertaker AJ side than the uh, the Stanford uh, Connecticut Takeover side. But yeah, where were you on this one?
3: Yeah, I think that was just more coming from the point of view that we've seen that many WWE cinematic matches at this True. point, and then it's always you know it's it's you know wandering through and Bruce Pritchard is going for a shit or don't the clowns clowns fucking popping up from behind a piano or something like that or something <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous kind kind of thing. But this one, I was I was watching it and i was just thinking yeah this is very much on the undertaker aj aj style scale for me like it that you know that one that wrestlemania gave four stars to that and thought yeah actually this one's this one's up there and it's it's i didn't enjoy it as much as that but it was was tickling it i gave it three and a half kind of thing it was just just in behind it uh I, there's, there's just some things that I loved. I, I just, I mean, Steph's obviously mentioned it there. Just the entrance for Sting and Derby was just cool as fuck. It was just so good, and like it just immediately just had me like on side with it. Whereas I was thinking, like, oh, another fucking cinematic match. Here we go. But then I was just like, yes, you know, it was just it, it just came, it just came across so fucking cool. And then just so many just like good spots in there that were just that just felt. I don't know. they're you know when they swung derby through the pane of glass and then obviously when oh. derby came off the balcony like with that elbow and things yeah. even like little things like brian cage when he um when he was doing the suplex and he carried him up the stairs like in the in the like up, up in the the suplex i was just like oh it's just good unique different little things i just, I just think the the just visually the setting was perfect it didn't look phony I didn't think in any 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 way it looked kind of genuine it looked real more real than mox's jacket mm. and um, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it definitely had that sort of real gritty gritty edge to it and things but um but yeah I think again I just think the atmosphere and everything like that that was with it it didn't feel like some shitty cinematic match that's just been cobbled together in some soulless you know with some soulless direction or something like that because they need to put on a you know put on a performance i, I, I just really enjoyed it it was a great presentation of sting great presentation of darby allen team taz with like not just the two in the match but like when hook came and got involved hook. and things like that that was awesome you know that okay. and again he looked fucking great as as well just the pieces together it was it was probably as as well as it could have been could have been done
1: mm. yeah fun piece of business yeah. jp
2: You with it? yeah absolutely i mean, i'm in agree, mm. I'm in agree- yeah, yeah yeah i'm in agreement with it loads of that like i went 3.75 on it i mean i think the things i didn't like really were the commentary and the music that i wrote down yeah. the main thing i w- wrote was for once it, it felt really cinematic which, you know, you hear the phrase cinematic wrestling, and a lot of it isn't. It's just sort of like stylized wrestling as much as anything. There isn't anything sort of cinematic, and if you're cutting away all the time, it's not really cinematic. Here, they had kind of quite... They had one camera shot where it kind of swooped over Mm. one area to get from one side of the fight to the other. I thought the fact that they framed Sting in a way that kind of made him look really agile, they made him look good in that way that you would do with if you had Liam Neeson in Taken and you go, right, well, this guy's actually in his early sixties and we've got to make sure he looks like he's able to beat the shit out of a room full of fucking people, smugglers, you know, and they managed to kind of do that the entire way. And they didn't know, again, I always kind of come back to, does anyone lose anything by it? And I was like, no, not at all. I thought even the way I like when they took, when Brian Cage and Ricky Starks got in the car and I thought it was good. They're kind of focusing on them, going out there as well. And I thought there were just some, I, I was thinking of the the thing that Darby Allen did when he did the Spider-Man thing up the wall. I was like, oh, right. That's like the first time I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting and exciting. And, and just like a lot of thought had gone into it just from a kind of like, because budgetary wise, I wouldn't imagine it was, it was kind of really big what they had to play with. Certainly not what The Undertaker, AJ had. Hmm. You know, here, for example, I think they just did much more, to kind of make you look at wrestling in a slightly different way that it felt kind of more like a fight scene, but actually a fight scene done well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, when they did go in the ring, they had the ring kind of well shot. So you saw the stuff with St- like sting looked really agile when he was going for the, um, stinger splashes into the corner and stuff like that. So like, the whole time it was my match of the night, this. So like, I, I was like, yep, yeah, this was, yeah, yeah. Because, and again, I kind of like Steph, i i kind of fall into that world about like how do you rate these kind of cinematic matches yeah, but odd. this yeah it is and and, it, and it's kind of like a little sub-genre unto itself but here like i thought they did it as well as they kind of could do but it didn't they didn't go for the kind of ironic factor and it would have been very teasing to do but i like the fact they played it straight mm. and again like because darby allen's willing to kill himself mm. we sort of said this you could distract around the stuff around sting mm. really. And you know, it was a good, the bit where he's being chased and he's being hit with the fucking shovel by Brian cage. And, you, and you're looking at him going, Jesus, he'd have been bruised the next day, but I thought it was great. It's the way, you know, Darby throws the bat down and he starts using that again. It was, it was a, it was an action sequence from a film, yeah. which kind of just, yeah, it, it was good fun.
0: This made me like when sting first appeared and they did the Darby Um, connection thing like one of the thoughts I had was is Darby into this just because he's you know so serious um and he comes from like such you know hardcore wrestling and he does crazy shit I feel like he's not he's not someone that I think would have like warm and fuzzy feelings about anyone Mm -hmm. you know how how uh some guys will be like Oh well, whatever happens, I'm so honored to work with so and so, like legend or Cody's going to be, you know, crying that he's working with Sting and so happy, and I just couldn't imagine Darby feeling like that. And I have enjoyed like every bit of their relationship on screen and every bit of the of the build, everything. I think they're perfect together, but when I saw this match, I had the like final thought of. I bet when Darby had this presented to him, this Sting partnership, this is what he envisioned he could do. So he was like, "Yeah, absolutely, pair me with Sting. Uh, I'm gonna make an awesome film out of this. He's mm. he's like the perfect character for my my vision of a of, of a cinematic mm. match film making and wrestling." Well,
2: they kind of framed him as a kind of like old vigilante. Yeah, he's having to take out like a kind of like a, a team of like, just some like sort of bad guys who are after him, mm-hmm. And he teams up with this kind of younger loner kid. It's an action it's like, film basically, isn't it? Should, They've managed to put into this.
0: He, like Sting should always been framed as like, a vigilante in that yeah. way. Mm. Uh, you know, that's He's why I'm like, like... ready
2: to rumble, which I wouldn't recommend. <laughs>
0: you. That's why like in WWE, it was so awful to see him like lose Triple H because mm. it's not just Triple H, the character, but like we all, we all know uncle Paul mm. and if I if I want my like hot makeup wearing goth daddy vigilante to come in, I want him to absolutely destroy the the guy in the suit that's you know taking the backstage selfies and that's married to the mm-hmm. boss's daughter. I don't want him to, to lose to him. That's just sad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is a this is a great like resurrection of Sting. I think
2: yeah. as, as Sting was being helped by the NWO, which yeah, oh I hate that's like. <laughs> JB. Honest to God, yeah, he was in the Wolfpack.
1: He was never I was only in reminded
2: by flagship this week, and I was just like, "Oh fuck yeah!" I remember how much I loathed that <sighs> oh, as well yeah. at the time. They got him so wrong. Um, they
1: just didn't get him. They didn't understand. At what least was. they don't have mm, an
2: AW. Uh, yeah, they do. And I think the thing is, is at least with Darby, and he's not in reverence to Sting, mm. which is the mm-hmm. thing that I'm glad it isn't the I'm delighted to be wrestling wrestling with yeah. you because you're a legend type stuff.
4: Mm.
2: It's mm-hmm. because because really they don't interact in that way. It's infinitely more interesting as a kind of duo. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it is. Like I think
2: back to the Hood Hoodlum promo and just like Sting's delivery of it, it was just fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I I think it was perfect. It made everyone look good. I think Sting, you know, even if clearly Sting is in way better shape than he should be for his age, but even if he wasn't, Mm. this was like it was a bit like you know, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it before the show. Like I watched the Biggie documentary on Netflix this week. Like there's the there's the whole like business of. Literally, they do live context, concerts where they reanimate Tupac's corpse, basically, and put him on stage. Maybe not that graphic. They basically just take old footage and put him on stage, and they find a way to do concerts for Tupac. You can find a way to do a match in ten years. Sting can probably still wrestle if you can do this. <laughs> you know, if you can, if you can reanimate him using you know these types of matches. No one has to retire ever again. <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, though, I think he did show up enough in the match. That it, its not even just that. To be honest, I think. I mean, obviously, you know, it can be covered up by editing. He can do a one-on-one singles match with Cody on a Dynamite. You know, bring back that those Nitro feels, those Sting DDP feels. You know, those great singles matches we got in on uh, Nitro back years ago. I fucking feel like we're gonna get that. Maybe not a pay per view, but I think we're gonna get a one-off Sting in ring match. I think he'll. I feel like he's gonna get the bug after this.
3: If if Cody can make Shack look good, <laughs> like. like yeah. He, can, he, can, yeah. he can, he can, he can, he can, he can piece together a match with Sting where they can, again, accentuate the positives, do the things that he can do, don't do the things that he can't do, and they can put on a fucking, you know, quality match him and him and Cody Rhodes definitely. Mm. For
2: sure. I've now got this idea in my head of basically wrestling companies reanimating dead wrestlers in hologram form to have (laughs) matches for us oh my
0: god i don't know no
2: luthers versus louis spicoli why not live on (laughs) pay-per-view i've I've just i've
3: just i've just got this thought in my head now though that vince mcmahon's never ever dying his hologram's just gonna keep running wrestling when he's like 300 years old or something like that oh god
0: that's terrifying like a A sad point that I was thinking of the other day, um, related to this, when they were talking about, you know, who's going to be the surprise, like who could be such a big person. And it just really hit me that I just wish Randy Savage had lived to see AEW, because, (laughs) you know, if he'd ever come back to WWE, they would have treated him terribly. and. If, if he could have ever have had a moment I wish it was in AEW <laughs> yeah, you his, I really do he
1: <laughs> got his TNA moment but it wasn't much. the right about where he came and just no, put it one not on it's like the yeah, I the just feel right like, like
2: gingerly knee
0: drop you know, they've, yeah. they've given Sting they've given Sting what like the Sting character deserves and yeah. I was just like no I'd give that to Randy and I wish he was here to have it because I'm sure Tony Khan would be like yeah Randy uh, come out and you know even even let's have a ceremony to just co- proclaim that you were so much better than Hulk Hogan. And, mm-hmm. and that is all. <laughs>
1: there we go. Yeah. And as Will said in the chat, yeah, no reason you could do that with Steve Austin. You could do it with anyone, you know, uh, there you go. He could have been the big sign in, not Christian. He could have got Austin in, do, some, uh, <laughs> do something on the broken skull ranch, you know?
2: Kevin Nash in, in that case he needs just
1: full, strip in full magic my god yes we need Tarzan not Kevin Nash that's what we need mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the possibilities are endless doesn't have
2: to walk or anything it's great <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't in the films
1: um, but yeah I mean on I suppose to wrap up the, the AW talk on I'm sorry, JP, we are closing in on three hours. So no, I might have to wait. Yeah, sorry. yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it feels like that's the match we're almost most positive about. I think, I think I went higher on just about on, on Kenny um, and Moxley. But, I mean, overall thoughts as a pay-per-view then. Like, I, I feel like, to be honest, I had a great time watching it even the bad stuff I was kind of engaged by. So I kind of left the show thinking, oh, I I had a good time there watching it, even laughing at what happened at the end of the show, which again, was fucking hilarious. Um, And then going through it now, it was like, oh yeah, to be fair, there was a bit quite a a fair bit more negative than I expected. But the main thing for me is that it was missing that big match, you know, compared to revolution Mm. last year, like I said, you know, me me and you reviewed stuff and it was like, clearly that other match of the year contender really by my, count i don't think any of us went higher than four for anything on this show um i think you need that to call this you know a a great pay-per-view especially when there's only four a year um so yeah i mean i think i'll throw it out there if i gave it a star rating um as as an overall you know i think i'd go i don't know 3.75 maybe uh maybe four stars uh it it wasn't a bad pay-per-view um it just wasn't you know the 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 match of the year level the pay-per-view of the year level pay-per-view maybe i I built up in my head expecting this last week or so
0: i think um yeah it didn't have a match like the Bucks um omega page match that that we just watched Mm. so but that you know, we kind of had the the debate, slight argument of, like, whether that was, like, an all-time great show, Revolution 2020, and I stand by that it was. And it's almost, like, it's so overshadowed by that one amazing match that you don't forget how good the collective pieces were together. Right. It's like if a, if a band makes um, an absolute banger of a song that you may just not realise, like, actually, it's from an, an album where everything was was so good. It just had this one thing that, like, caught on and was massive. Mm. But this pay-per-view was more, like, I think just a collective of good matches, and when it comes to Match of the Year stuff, there's probably nothing from this pay-per-view that would make that conversation. Mm. But I think in two or three years' time, when I'm doing another Revolution Week, like this will be the the one that's remembered for Sting Darby cinematic and the barbed wire one, mm. and that's it's kind of like enough of a hook on that pay per view. I think this Sting Darby match in time will end up being like very well remembered. Whether or not you can even include it being much the year because of the style is like another debate. But I think like that's I think the the barbed wire thing is what we're all talking about right now just because it end it long but i think if that hadn't have happened and even if the even if we got a good explosion i think we'd all still be saying like well that sting derby thing was was really good mm. and it's going to be very memorable hmm.
1: yeah in a way i'm glad we closed with that really yeah as far as the its breakdown mm-hmm. went uh yeah, uh
0: yeah
1: yeah how about yeah. you two gareth and jp where's the sit for you as, a, as an overall pay-per-view i
3: mean for me like i've um I'd probably go a bit lower on that bike. Again, maybe I'm biased here because I've just been like looking at the numbers a little bit. But I was probably thinking like, as an overall show, I'd probably average it out at about like 3.25 or something like that. For you know, if I if I was giving the show as a whole a, a rating, I've been looking at the stats on the app and just looking at the average. Like, if you took all the matches and averaged them out for all of the the AW pay per views, and there's been eight so far, and this one like comes out as sixth of the eight kind of thing. So it's you know, it's mm. quite far down the picking order, which. When you think about it, it was still a good show. We still enjoy, all enjoyed it. There was definitely like high spots there, but there was definitely some negatives there that we said, you know, could have done without being on the show, or that match could have been a bit shorter, and things like that. So clearly, you know, there's some things that dragged things back, and yeah, it definitely didn't have that that four star four star match that that was on there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was still it was it was still a still a fun show overall. It just wasn't um, it just wasn't getting to the heights of you know like look at you like double or nothing is the highest. Well, I think 2019's the highest-rated um, AW pay-per-view, and that's because it had Cody against Dustin on it. It had the Young Bucks against the Lucha Brothers on it for the um, AAA tag titles, and it had Jericho Omega on it. That was a, a you know good match as well. There was just that. I don't know, top-end star power, better matches that was on that card, yeah. for example, as a comparison with this. And I, I think that was uh, that was what was just, uh, just lacking. I think if that main event had absolutely delivered, then, again, you might look at things differently. But outcome aside, the fireworks at the end, I don't even think the match itself delivered to the... Potential that it possibly had, and the level of excitement that I don't know some people had going into it in, in in the week. You know, you generally thought it could have been absolutely breathtaking as a you know those two guys in the ring in that style of match, and I just don't think it delivered on on, on that. And then when the when the best match of your shows, like the opener, that's a tag match that's not even the best Young Bucks match of this year or the main contender to challenge it for the best match on the card is a cinematic match, I think that tells you tells you all you need to know. JP, any final yeah, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I I kind of err uh, for that 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 sort of 3.25, 3.5. We sort of pointed out some of the matches that they're missing and, and the types of matches that, that they could really do. Um, it, it, it Just for me, it started off well, like it did. And then it just sort of never really picked up pace after that until where the main event you thought it was going to do that and you thought you're going to be let in for that. But I think part of the thing is, and this is, you know, we're in a, obviously we're still in lockdown uh, at this point. And I think these shows feel like big events for mm. wrestling fans mm. and there's something to look forward to and there's something to kind of hang your hat on that there's going to be newsworthy stuff and that there's stuff to be kind of excited about and sometimes we think that that doesn't always mean that they've got kind of great wrestling matches on the card because I was just thinking of one like imagine if you had Pack versus Adam Page mm. like that in and of itself would be like a kind of match where you could be thinking all right you give them to the time and everything else for that but it, again it, 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 it kind of lacked that what it is going to be remembered about is the fireworks. And that is the because it's the first time where they've fallen really flat on their face in a big, big way. Um, and it's how they respond to it. Do they just kind of go right? You know, that was a fuck up, and we need to kind of move past it, but own the fact it's a fuck up. Or do they do what wrestling tends to do, which is no fuck it. You're wrong. And this is why you're wrong and kind of double down on it and the rest of it, because you just, that's the natural instinct. And that's what he's kind of done. I know he's trying to kind of like rescue the storyline there as well, but it's what they do with this is important because it kind of suggests like, what is the relationship you think you have with your audience? How upfront are, with them are you going to be? And like, it's a, it's a kind of like a bit of a test, if they go into a, if they go into dynamite pretending like nothing really happened then like i'll be worried then because then you you you've wandered into like this didn't happen and we're just going to pretend it didn't happen
0: i think though like uh history kind of shows that they are okay with doing mm-hmm. that you know they changed the dark order stuff they changed True. the i can't even yeah. remember what you called it when brandy was oh. being a witch or something yeah. and like oh, tony oh god oh. Couldn't yeah. hair off. <laughs> and but oh, tony, if like you that. even think about like the gone
2: all about that yeah.
0: yeah if you think about like uh matt hardy teleporting like tony will say in interviews like that he thought like he knows that was not good now hmm. so i i think that he the, everything he said last night he was trying to rescue the storyline Mm. Um, and i think even if on tv he continues with this you know storyline rescue have him on like talk as jericho's two months and he will fully talk about how the explosions went off and i think that's that kind of honesty is like that's fine Mm. you know because if something goes terribly wrong uh vince mcmahon ain't gonna publicly talk about oh we fucked up there you know so at least Tony is that he is always willing to do that um I think in the moment of it he doesn't have to come out and say I'm sorry my fireworks were shit like he he you can give him a little bit of time to try and like think on the fly of like how can we make this part of what we were trying to achieve with the storyline
1: That's it. You know, and we've all got faith. You know, it's not, this isn't WWE, I think, at the end of the day and that's the reason why I think, yeah, uh, we get a few more chances with the likes of us, um, because yeah, they, they've earned that trust, uh, they've earned that investment, uh, and yeah, let's hope uh, you know. Come Wednesday night, diamonds a couple of the issues we've uh, we've mentioned there, uh, uh, taken care of. But yeah, as I say, we're heading towards the other three-hour point, so we're going to cut it off here. And yeah, what a chat we've gone for. We went in depth on a on, a, on a revolution, but we had to. We had you on, step, so it was a proper AEW episode. And yeah, proud to say we were <laughs> uh, maybe not the other closer. To your your dynamite week, but I feel like we were the after party. Um, do you want to take us out of here? You <laughs> we were the come down, weren't we? <laughs> wow. Um.
0: I do feel like um, like it is kind of after party vibes. Like I, I was, I was at a really amazing gig, and my friend was like, "Do you want to go to the after party at the club?" And I said, "Yeah, fine." And and now, um, I've been here for three hours. 38 minutes and I'm like okay yeah uh after party (laughs) is it bedtime (laughs) uh, but no I I don't mean that I I had a lot of fun tonight um what did
1: you it, say? Nothing. I'll take it as praise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but, it,
2: but it was a big eventful show, yeah. wasn't it? And yeah. it was like the kind of most impactful kind of news th- throughout yeah. all of this kind of centres around AEW. So, yeah. like, you kind of have to do it. I mean, I know me and Gareth are quietly crying inside about, like, Noah,
3: but... Well, you know what I'm thinking of, JP? This this week, it's the other Great Voyage show, isn't it? And it's the title match as... Um, oh, Yeah um came here and um go go so there you go we've got both shows that we can catch up on next week so we can have double noah next week and um yeah, obviously yeah. we haven't taught new japan either so it gives us a chance to have a bit of a new japan catch-up as well there so, and stardom um, there you go
1: fingers crossed vincent man dies in the week everyone um yeah. <laughs> 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 Benno, sorry
0: entire podcast or cut
1: that bit out ah you don't want to wear for WWE anyway
3: hey can I just can I just ask I know we'll get into it next week now mm-hmm. but did you see uh, Muta's uh, handspring elbow I did
1: I did and it was hilarious um, I, did you see the videos? So I think maybe it was Chris who made it Chris Wilson I think it was Like it was the cartwheel and then you go inside his knee and you see his knee just explode yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. he comes out and he sadly hits his elbow in the corner fuck me yeah that was bad <laughs> I yeah know. i did actually watch noah so yeah i'll be again we don't have any big breaking news next week uh there'll be uh there'll be time for all that i promise next week but uh but steph yeah i was gonna throw to you uh your plugs whatever you, what what should people should people uh people should still go check out there's some uh, great content there from your evolution week for people to go look at so tell people about that and tell people where, where to find you in general
0: yeah if you go to my youtube Stephanie Cheese Wrestling. Uh, there is some, um, you know, there is a lot of evergreen content from Revolution Week, um, particularly myself and Benno and Andrew Thompson and SB3 doing our a- AW versus New Japan Super Card. It's a really fun one to watch. You can, you know, just take the piss out of us for our cards mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and tell us what you thought. And um, yeah, and also my interview with Chris Jericho. Check that out too and yeah and if you really enjoy AEW like I do um my channel is the place to be but also especially on, on Friday nights at eleven thirty p.m where I'm live on YouTube going in depth on Dynamite I don't don't worry guys I don't go three and a half hours <laughs> it's usually about an hour and you're finished before Smackdown but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I do talk about uh, Dynamite every week on my channel live um yeah, follow me on Twitter at Stephanie M Chase, um, and you know I'm now going to bed for at least a day, yeah, man. Uh, maybe more <laughs> if I can.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Um JP, anything, anything you want to plug?
2: I will be on the daily update. Mm. I will be earlier today. The reason I did it later on is I hadn't finished watching AEW. So Mm. I wanted to watch that first. I didn't want to spoil it for myself reading it and then realizing I'd have to sit through watching it fucking depressed. (laughs) I was just depressed in the moment. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I'll be doing that. Um, And then obviously the other stuff on uh, grapple.com Patreon. So yeah, Q&A, deep cut. Um,
1: There's definitely no grapple. Movie dot com, review. Anyway, slash <laughs> grapple. By the way,
2: uh, hopefully Gareth sent the tickets to the uh, winner of the contest, flying them out to Jacksonville.
3: I don't know oh, was yeah, 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 that yeah. Was, no. I, I, was, I was a bit worried there, wondering about left that in my headphones at the weekend, thinking, how much is this <laughs> going to cost me? Stop talking about tickets. I <laughs> kept going back to it as well.
2: <laughs> like I'll do with grapple.com, a website we don't own. Any insight into whatsoever. <laughs> Patreon.com <laughs>
1: forward slash grapple you got it uh, anything on that front Gareth I did not want to mention
3: yeah, oh you're on mute download the app oh, you if you're in America mm. look out for the look out for those uh, look out for those uh, matches that you won't be able to watch in about a week's time on the WWE Network get them watched <laughs> now get your ratings in fill those backlogs look for us on the uh, App Store and Google Play uh, give us a follow on grapple app um, on Twitter and yeah just to uh, keep your uh, keep your eyes peeled for any more promotions and things like that that will be running over the, the next few weeks.
1: Awesome, awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Benson Follow JP at JPGP, Follow Steph at Stephanie M Chase on Twitter. And yeah, again, Steph, uh, amazing to see the work you did this last week. Thanks for uh, for joining us for the uh, oh, for the after party uh, <laughs> for Revolution Week. We do appreciate Thanks, you guys. on with us. Uh, Thanks, always guys. good to have you. Always welcome. And yeah, that brings us uh, to the end of the show. <laughs> Patreon.com slash grapple for for all your extra stuff. We've got um our Mohammed Hassan episode coming up. We've got a Q&A coming up. Lots more fun stuff, as JP mentioned there. Check all that out. We're looking forward to it. You should too. We'll catch you again next Monday night.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.